All right, I'm recording. Recording. Lexi. Crystal. Yep. Zoe. Yeah. My Yes, sir. Did I count the five properly? I believe so. Great. Let's clap in in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Eidolon Scob Midmortem slash Book One Postmortem. This mortem is anything but mid. Right. Uh huh. Like we said on Disco, we're doing the autopsy while the body's still alive. It's popping. It's called a vivisection, Chief. No. Well, that sounds more upsetting. Oh, yeah, yeah because it is bit. more upsetting. Mm. Just like mm. this episode. I see. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little live surgery. No big deal. Yeah, it's fine. Who cares? Whatever. It's like when they do brain uh, surgery and you have to be conscious for the whole thing. Why do you have to be conscious for the whole thing? Because they have to make they, sure they didn't fucking kill you. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, because, yeah, they very much rely on your reacting to interacting with certain parts of the brain and stuff. Yeah, I brain, don't like that. Yeah, brain surgery oh, is yeah. super fucked up. Brain, brain surgery is upsetting. Yeah, that's bad. Don't do that. I can't believe we're going like to have to content warning the, this post-mortem episode. Have <laughs> you ever heard the expression, it's not brain surgery? That's why they say that. I thought they just said that because it's difficult. Well it's, well, it's difficult, and also it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. being yeah. fucked up is part of the reason why it's so difficult, quite frankly. Hmm, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't know this one. I'll yeah. be honest. This seems like I knew the, that they like... have done those procedures with somebody awake, but I didn't realize that was the standard operating procedure. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I also did not know that in the slightest. I think there's... I remember like taking a psychology class. We're like, oh, we got your, your head open, and we're like... Hey, whatever you do, don't lift your arm, and then we poke this part of your brain, and you lift your arm anyway. I, I'm pretty sure that there's, like, some that you can do while the patient is knocked out, but, like, for yeah. quite a few where it's, like, behavioral or, like, pain or, like, something where they need to have an immediate, like, response, you, yeah, you gotta be awake for it. Yeah, it, it depends on what they're interacting with. Yeah. Like, some tumor removals probably can be done while they're unconscious, but it depends uh -huh. on what part of the brain they're in. Yeah. You know what well, I've noticed? Huh. Sometimes people will go, you know, like, it's kind of a joke. They'll say it's not rocket surgery. They're, right. That's true. Nobody ever says it's not brain science. Well, because brain science does thing. sound like a real thing. Yeah, yeah thing. and also, I mean, like, brain science could be, like, psychiatry, which, you know, not to yeah. say psychiatry uh, okay. is easy, I don't but psychiatry it's a lot more accessible. Is, than... Psychiatry is mind science. Neuroscience is brain science. Well, that's true, but it's probably not what most people think of. And there's probably also significant overlap between those two fields, because it's all the same thing. Yeah, no, like, brain chemistry is an important part of, you know, administering psychiatry. Like, understanding mm -hmm. brain chemistry and, like, how the brain, act, you know, works. Yeah. Hey, everyone, welcome to yeah, the Ska Postmortem. What a chill opening to this episode. <laughs> I mean, considering who the antagonist of a lot of Ska Season 1 was, I feel like we're not... That askew from. You're right. We should we should cut open Jordan's brain. Hey, no, no, I was no, going to say that Jordan's kind of doing live brain surgery on, on our characters. A little bit, yeah, sure. Mm, don't like that. Yeah, hey, don't since care we're for that. moving into semester two, do we need to come up with new class schedules or what? I mean, right now it remains to be seen whether you will be free to attend school. So you know, <laughs> I figure I figure the FBI is probably going to be like, we need you to do undercover bullshit or something. But I don't know. We all Maybe. have to. Who knows? We all have to design new winter outfits. 
You do That's need to design true. new winter outfits. That's so true. <laughs> I'm personally, I'm mad that we didn't actually get to have a really uh, messed up Thanksgiving or Christmas episode. Frankly, that's true. Yeah, that that all got skipped. I mean, we always flash back act. to it. <laughs> yeah, no, Casey. Casey had big drama going on with her sister, and Regina was having having dinner with them. Like there was a lot of opportunity for shit to. Yeah, I mean, we've had flash forwards, why not flashbacks? Listen, to be entirely fair to Jordan, we really got in the weeds with that time loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really took a hot minute. I'm stop you right there. Yeah. We need to, we need to, as a group, agree we will never be fair to Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. And also, yeah. uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, take a, a step back from Jordan and say that that was maybe a little misunderstanding communication in our part. <laughs> Well, I, I don't remember which part we're talking about. Uh, the part where you said, hey, just go along with it, and we all misunderstood what you meant by that. Oh, right, we're in advance, I told you guys, like, hey, I'm gonna act a little weird, um, in a way that might seem like I'm talking to y'all, but don't break character. And, you know, maybe I should have explained myself better, but yeah, you took that as, okay, I guess just don't acknowledge when I do something weird, like skip us ahead a month. Right, that's how it felt. Yeah, that's how it came yeah. across to me when you were, like, you, you. I think you said the word, like, just go along with it. Yes. And so I went along with it. I, I You know what? We didn't record it, so yeah. I can't check the tape. I What I intended was feel free to acknowledge that it's weird or argue with me about it. Just do it in character. So Yeah, if, that didn't come across. Yeah, so yeah. if, dear listeners. In retrospect, I can yeah. see how, how you would have meant that, but yeah, that's. Yeah. Not yeah. what we heard, I guess. Right, right. Well, also, we didn't know what you were talking about. Right, I no, did. totally. I, Listen, yeah, just, you know. I think it worked out fine. I'm not, like, oh, yeah, mad how it fine. turned yeah. out. Yeah, we got to the point that you wanted us to get to, so it was just yeah, sort of just like a, a slow descent path. into the pool. Right. Um, before we jump into listener questions, is there anything anyone just wants to talk about in general first? Bugs are cool, huh? <laughs> like I, I already thought bugs were cool but honestly you know playing a bug it's like damn bugs are all right they're pretty cool uh, yeah Except i think we've learned a lot of apartment. gross bug facts this yeah, season the thing so is, bugs are also extremely upsetting listen as long as they're not right in my face while i'm indoors it's whatever they can do whatever the hell they want outside they can do whatever the hell they want in the cracks of my house no the ones that like explode into venom that we looked up or whatever i'm not into that explode into venom on you they don't but, even live where you are Yeah, no i am just not okay on in principle in like in the fact of being of like wasps that lay eggs in other bugs and the other bugs have to stay alive while the eggs are hatching and feel the larva eating them from the inside out yeah i don't respect their lifestyle choices mm-hmm. no uh, I, I'm on the East Coast now, um, so actually, fuck all bugs. Spotted lanternflies uh, make me want to kill people. Well, spotted lanternfly, you smash that shit. It's invasive. Yeah, I know. Well, what do you think we do? Uh, actually, earlier this summer, uh, Rexy and I were out running errands, and we happened upon this tree that just had a shit ton of bagworms in it, and they're little, like, pseudo-cocoons. Oh, sick. That yeah. Was, that was really cool. I was like... Whoa, why does that tree have a bunch of, like, little wood bits? Oh, man! Whoa! I didn't know they were native to Illinois! 
We've been having a real uh, wasp problem in our house this summer. Oh, wasps! Haven't are, been a fan of it. Yeah, wasps are frustrating. Like I, they, they keep getting in here, and I don't know how, and I don't know where their nest is, and it's it's not fun. Have you? Well, uh, that's Luke, not good. Luke, to be fair, you know you blaze the trail there. What do you mean? You know, one wasp comes, others follow. I feel like I'm missing a reference or something. I, I, I'm I'm alluding to the term white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I'm making I'm oh, making a play on words. Okay, I understand. Oh that. yeah, I, I would never have picked up on this. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, Luke, have you uh, have you learned the gasoline trick? If you find a wasp nest. Um, is it just to set it on fire with gasoline? No. If, <laughs> I mean, you can do that if you want. Um, you I just feel like the thing is, wasps are pretty hardy. Before they all die, they will probably take their revenge on you. Yeah. Sure. I'll say these ones, not hardy. And they're not that, like, they're not super aggressive. Like, they'll sting you if you get too close to them. But they're, they're not, like, the kind of asshole wasp you think of. They mostly come in here, oh, get so lost, like, so and die before they can jacket? find any water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the gasoline trick is you just fill, like, a cup with, like, a little bit of gasoline, and you, like, push it up on the nest, and the fumes uh-huh. make all the wasps uh, fall out into the gasoline, and then you just slide the cup, and the nest falls into it, and you, boom, done. I see, I see. Which seems like kind of a fucked up thing to do, but bugs do fucked up with each other all yeah, the time, wasps. so who cares? Yeah. No, they mainly I, 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 show up in our in our bedroom, so I think there's no, don't like care uh, for that. like somewhere around like the seal of the window must be damaged or something that they keep getting in. That makes me think the nest must be somewhere high up there. I don't see it anywhere though, which makes me wonder if it's up on the roof or something. I don't know. I will say could be. Now, listeners, I also please would write not in want... and offer Luke tips for how to get rid of the wasps in his house. Please write in and give me a, uh, you know, quote for an exterminator. Wasps in the house, especially sad little wasp corpses. Not yeah. fun. Wasps do play an important role in pollination. I'm just trying to, you know, yeah, I'm no, trying no. to get both sides here. No, no, no. Wasps are a important insect. I don't hate them, but they are one mm. of the worst insects to intersect with human living. There's I lots of things them. I hate that are still important and shouldn't be like eradicated. Like I can hate yeah, things irrationally. I'm, hate the I'm allowed. I'm on Luke's side here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm also with Team Luke. Yeah, who am I to argue against, you know, millions of years of inborn instinct? Well, I think that cuz I also love snakes. Uh, fuck snakes. I think it sucks fuck pretty snakes. bad that most water is salt water, but it'd probably be a bad thing to get rid of it. Doesn't mean I don't hate it. What, no, Zoe, what do you mean, fuck snakes? Snakes are awesome. Snakes no, are hate snakes. I don't like snakes. This is known. Oh, I hate snakes. I did not know this. Oh, I hate Zoe snakes so is much. Indiana Jones. I have, okay, I have. Okay, oh. even even like the little, the little ball pythons with the little especially the, little the pythons. I no ball python. I'm not gonna I, like a picture Maxi, if you hate them. I okay. I, when I was a youth, my, my dad was friends with, um, in Oklahoma, now people know this because of the fucking Tiger King shit, but there was, like, a, like, industry of, like, drive through zoos that you would have. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, Is there a way to mark uh, an image as a spoiler on Skype? I want to show you all this cute snake without bothering. I'm looking at ball pythons. Uh, This just looks like a snake. This is just a snake-ass snake. But you, so my dad was friends with one of, uh, one of the dudes who owned one. 
uh, let us come hang out, like, when it was closed. And one weekend, uh, my dad was like, hey, come back to the car. And so I was running, and I tripped over something in the tall grass, and I landed on a giant fucking python that was just... Yeah, what, just like, out? out? Yeah, it got out. Um, okay, well, you don't... That seems like a reason to hate that guy. I can hate right, two but things, also, Maxie. Maxie, you realize yeah. phobias aren't necessarily rational, right? N- no, all of, everything I'm afraid of is uh, based on <laughs> hard Fact and logic evidence. only. Uh, trauma has not impacted me in any way, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, fuck snakes. I got a song in my Spotify Discover that was literally, I don't fuck with snakes. And at one point, the chorus is like, this is not a metaphor for people I don't like. I hate snakes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drive-through zoo maybe an hour or two away from here. That drive-through has zoo? Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a thing in like the Midwest South area. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can just like get a bag of giraffe food and feed some giraffes out of your car window. Huh. I will say, typically the um, not exactly the highest standards of care at those places. So. Yeah. Doesn't for, shock me. Yeah. For us, it's more just like drive-through wildlife preserve areas, so like bear country and whatnot. Like. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't think giraffes are uh, native to Texas. No, you don't Probably know. Not. At one point, they might have been, actually. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know any biology, archaeology, not archaeology. You know, you know what I mean. I do, but I don't know the word for it, so. Sure. Because it wouldn't be paleontology. That's not, that's not what that's we're talking dinosaurs. about. Dinosaurs. I have, I have linked a spoiler-marked snake image in the Ska uh, Discord chat. That's just a snake. Like, like, I don't get how that's supposed to convince somebody that... Like, sure, but, like, if you don't like snakes, I don't see how this is supposed to convince you. That's just a snake. I'm not trying to convince Zoe. I am understanding this. There's a reason I spoiler tagged it. I'm just saying, cute little face. And it looks like a koi fish. Uh I think it'd be cool to molt. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I would love molting. No, this was something I was thinking about. I got, a, like, a mild sunburn earlier this summer. Yeah. yeah. And, and as I was recovering, I was like, damn, I wish I could just, like, shed my whole skin. Like, if you got rid of your whole skin, that'd be cool. I just, yeah, I mean, because you do episode. do that. It's just in, like, pieces, you know? It's in, like, microscopic pieces. But, yeah, if you got mm. it all at once. I, yeah. I just I just rewatched an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Reese gets a sunburn and peels it off as one big whole thing he's yeah it's like he's convinced when you were a little kid did you ever snakes are immortal because they shed their skin and he can be too if he does this yeah right right that's very when you were when you were little in like elementary school did you ever like uh smear a bunch of like uh elmer's glue glue all over your hands and dry and then you peel it off i got caught doing that once and it was it was one of the most embarrassing moments (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna ask did you ever like collect shed snake skins because yes no. Sure. Well, that'd be cool, too, but I don't live anywhere with, like, snakes. Oh, yeah. We have yeah. we have snakes here, but they're almost all harmless, like, grass snakes, so... Or I would never go somewhere where I could find snake skins, because I don't want to find a snake. Yeah. That's fair. I collected those um, tags that say, do not remove under penalty of law of, like, pillows and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I had just a drawer stuff full Jesus of those. Jesus Of course Christ. you did. That's the most kid loop That's a loop fact right heard. there. <laughs> yeah. A little outlaw. I feel like I was older than I could have been for it to be cute. Like, right, I was, like, 12, right, 13. Right. It was, like, some kind of ironic statement. Check uh, this out, big government. Like, right. I also I also had a box of uh, cicada shells for the longest time, too. I just like collecting mm. the detritus of animals, I guess. Honestly, uh, Luke, this makes more sense when I think about, like, who your dad is. It'd be like, of course you started collecting those tags. That makes perfect right. sense. I don't 
think it was like a, a take that big government thing. I think it was just like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a rogue. I'm a renegade. Yeah, but I mean, I can imagine like the, the connection here, even if you're not thinking about it actively. Just like, okay, I, I see why someone might think this was cool, just given their dad uh, hates yeah. the government so much. Have I told you about the time my dad got arrested? No. What did he get arrested for? He, okay... I I think I've talked about this before where my parents both had just like so many fucking yard projects at our house. Like my dad yes. built this entire like he converted our entire backyard into like a large koi pond with multiple functioning waterfalls and like covered bridges over it. So one thing he always needed was topsoil. And he went to like Kroger like at 10 p.m. at night after they had already closed and loaded his truck up with topsoil. And drove up to the front to go in and pay for it. And the guy inside was, like, shaking his head, like, no, you can't come in. We're closed. Um, And my dad was like, well, I've already loaded my truck up. I'm not going to unload it. I'll just drive home with it, and I'll come back tomorrow to pay for it. Hey. (laughs) And uh, he was uh, not happy when the police showed up to arrest him. And he was like... What yeah. the fuck? No, I didn't st- I didn't steal anything. I just haven't paid for it yet. I'm going to. Luke, your dad is like the more I learn about him, somehow every time I'm like, well, I knew he was a dipshit, but I didn't know he was that much of a dipshit. No, no. Like he fully feels, like This feels <clears throat> perfectly in keeping for Luke's dad from what I've heard of it cuz he's the kind of guy who as long as something makes sense in his head, he expects the rest of the world to assume it makes sense too. Totally. Like, he fucking went to court over it and, like, had to get a lawyer. And he was like, I'm not pleading guilty to this. They can offer me what I'm not guilty because I didn't steal anything. This so seems, I will not plead guilty. This seems like a Dale Gribble plot from an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't steal anything. I just took it away from its owner without paying for it. Even as they told me not to. That's not stealing. Um, I have a question for the group that I've now been pondering. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the odds are that some, like, like Midwest white boy rapper at some point in the 2000s made, like, a hoodie out of the uh, do not remove under penalty of law pillow tags? <laughs> I don't think it's high, but it's definitely not zero. Yeah, yeah it's definitely sure, it's possible. Zero. Yeah. Now I'm, hey, did we I, have just, listeners ask us anything? Because I'm enjoying this. But, you know, we didn't come here for a reason initially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Okay, We've yeah, just we, been talking we about nothing for like 20 minutes. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's a normal thing to do for a podcast, is it not? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a whole podcast about that, so. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, we can get into the questions here. Um, this first batch are ones that Disco already answered, but, you know, they're questions for everybody, so we're going to run them again. Um, this first one comes in from Veldrin. Uh, hi folks, which anime character does your player character think they would be? Hi, Kate. Ooh. I love, I just noticed this now that Gmail is offering me three canned responses to this, which is, good question, exclamation point. Great question, exclamation point. Good question, period. (laughs) (laughs) Gmail auto-responses are so fucking funny. Thank you, Gmail. I love them. Good question, period, is... That's Mm. fucked up. That's a fucked up thing to send to someone. Uh, I'm immediately... Oh, go ahead. Sometimes I'll get, like, an email, and one of the auto-responses will just be like, I'm sorry to hear that, or no, I can't, even if it has nothing to do with the email I got. And I'm always like... right. I, I could still just click that button. 
Nothing stopping me but myself. Uh, anyway, should we be like period appropriate or like? Uh, disco anime? was not because they weren't super familiar with seventies anime. Yeah, that's yeah. Not fair. I think you just pick whatever you want. Regina, obviously, Oscar Evangelion. Oh, this is yeah. not even a joke. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have my immediate Charlie answer. It's Spike Spiegel. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, okay. I simply don't know enough anime to be able to uh, answer this, but for Casey, it would absolutely be some like girls focused anime from the 80s because bootlegs sure. of that stuff would be her main reference point for anime what's the like a k-on or a, a laid-back camp but you know era appropriate no who's the who's the sidekick in card capture sakura oh i don't remember her name but the the videographer girl I mean, yeah it starts with a t i can't remember side character right. in card capture sakura does sound like Casey tomio vibe. yeah tomio for sure yeah. I'm trying to remember what anime I've watched. <laughs> this happens to me all the fucking time. Whenever I'm put on the spot, I'm finally like, what anime have I ever seen in my life? Or yep. what movies have yep, I ever no, that's, seen? That's always oh, my yeah. thing, too. Like, pick your yeah, favorite, yeah. whatever, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie. <laughs> right. Pick I a, think... Pick a, funny, I, uh, pick a funny animal sidekick. I think uh, Solo would actually really relate to Simone from uh, Gurren Lagann. That was the answer I gave for Jordan. <laughs> oh no! Because oh, no! <laughs> that's absolutely how Jordan sees himself. Funniest possible result. I feel like maybe Solo would vibe with Lady Oscar. Which one's that? The Rose of Versailles. I need to look this up real quick. I've heard the name Rose of Versailles, but I don't know shit about it. See, I. I can see it, but I feel like Solo would look at Lady Oscar and be like, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not cool enough to be that. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday." Because that's the thing. I think Solo, for all their like, you know, for all they bought into the whole, you know, princely special guardian narrative or whatever, I don't think right. they have all that much self confidence. Sure. I, I think the the current state of their eidolon really illustrates that. Yeah, <laughs> you think externalizing their desire for dominion into uh, an angry grandfather is maybe not uh, the the vel- the healthiest sign of self-esteem? I'm just saying that their Eidolon seems to be trying to uh, maybe take uh, uh, more center stage than Solo themselves. Mm-hmm. Who can yeah. say? Um, Crystal, do you have one in mind for Naomi? It's got to be Detective Conan. I was about to say. Sure. Yeah. 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 Wait. Is Jake's different? I think Jake likes Jimmy Kudo more than Detective Conan. <laughs> see, see, I'm surprised that Naomi wouldn't also think of herself as a Jimmy Kudo. I mean, it's the same guy. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm, I'm mixing up Jimmy Kudo. Who's the fucking magician thief detective guy? Magician thief detective. I want to know more about this magician thief detective. There's there's another guy in Case Closed, Detective Conan. He's like a, he's like a rival, a Kaito kid or something. It's been way too long since I've seen any Detective Conan. I can't help you here. I haven't read Detective Conan since fucking high school. I watched Case Closed when it was on Adult Swim, and I really haven't. Yeah, that's about all I got since then. Okay, Kaito Kuroba, Gentleman Thief, Kaito Kid. Yeah, but okay. Naomi's not a thief; they're a detective. I suppose so they're not. they're gonna 
identify as the one who's solving all the cases. Yeah. Naomi steals answers. That's so true. <laughs> they steal the answers from Jake. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna Damn. say detectives are thieves that steal answers instead of things. Two sides of the same coin. Right. Right. Wow, it really makes you think. Uh huh. It sure does. I'm thinking so hard right now. Um, moving on to another question here from Orbital Oracle. For everyone, were there any other Eidolon powers or names you were considering before you settled on your current ones? Nope. I, I, okay. Mine got in one, knew what I wanted immediately. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about using um, the state of Florida, uh, which would have weather powers based on what day it was in Florida in 1999. <laughs> and making Luke use the calendar so I can Holy pull up shit. like weather reports. Yeah, that would have actually that been ruled. pretty funny. I would have. It would have been that. really funny, but it's also a um, it's a less than Jake track. Oh, so sure. I didn't want to um, you know, impede on. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Iris and Ty both went with an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just also I thought it was a little too unwieldy. And it would be yeah, mean it's, to you. It's, sure. it's a really good. It's a really good bit. I don't know if it. If there's I don't think it would have been that useful. Last, full season. Well, yeah. Also, more often than not, the weather is going to be like I don't know, sunny, hot. Yeah, sunny, hot, humid, but not like so hot that it'd be useful. It'd be really funny to get like the one episode where she had a hurricane power. Yeah, but I that's was going to say it. yeah, hurricanes right. are about the only time that really becomes good. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that that um, was on my in my brain. I pretty quickly knew I wanted to do something with no doubt. Um, yeah. Just a girl kind of jumped out as a, well, yeah, I can work with this for sure. Um, right, I did right. initially think a little bit about spider webs, but ultimately chose not to because spider theming stuff was uh, such a big part of uh, Ty's character in the previous yeah, season. That's fair. And I was like, you know, I mean, nobody's going to begrudge me if I, you know, maybe tread some of the same visual imagery ground, but I'd like to try right. for something else. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. But man, Spiderwebs is such a good track, and you can do a lot with it. So good. It really is. It is, yeah. Um, I like. I knew I wanted to play the conductor because, like, Molly had yeah. been talking about the conductor with me, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be really fun." Um, so I was mostly looking at ska songs and trying to like reverse engineer from there. Right. Um, and then uh, Three Small Words just came up in my Spotify, like, Discover or Shuffle, and I was like, well, there it is. Right. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a Less Than Jake song. Another one, a title I considered, I didn't figure out a power for it, was uh, Help Stop the Youth of America from Exploding. <laughs> that's a really good title. Holy shit! Really yeah. appropriate for the season we had, if we're being honest. It, that's true. It'd be really fun. It's that fucking Ooglaf where like the Minotaur gets bored and the like Mazinger. If we fought someone whose power was to make people explode, yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, moving on to another email. This one comes in from uh, Brian. Uh, hey all, congrats on wrapping the book, and thanks for such a great show. I've been a long-time listener now, and new episodes of the show are the only redeeming factor of Monday mornings. I'm That's gonna, so you true. Know what? These emails have praise for us, and I don't remember reading them well enough to skip them. So you're just getting, I'm going to read the praise really? twice. I love that for me. <laughs> Why do you think we don't want to hear the praise? 
Well, I don't know if the listeners want to hear the phrase the twice. The They're the ones praising the us, Luke. I'm sorry. One, just because one person may hear what they wrote? Luke, that's <laughs> what they're thinking. What are you... All right. Okay, listen, I, I, I'm sorry I said matter. screw the listeners. I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, I've got one question for both groups and then a few other questions that are Jordan-centric and thus, well, about both shows in general probably make more sense to do for Disco, so I'll split them up. Um, yeah, I, I think I answered most Jordan questions on Disco already. If, if there's that any makes others, more I sense. Can, yeah. Uh, for both shows, to the players, if your characters were swapped into an AU set in the opposite decade and you had to pick an idol on the appropriate genre for them, what would it be? Oh, Jesus, Bonus round if you have an answer. Question. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> Disco songs. Yeah. Uh, bonus round if you have an answer for if they swapped into Pop Rock or one of the first set of mini seasons. I'm immediately looking up disco songs. That's fine. Yeah, man. I don't know. I yeah, believe it or not, I have not listened to much disco in my life. <laughs> the disco folks pestered me to show them the questions in advance for this kind of situation, and I don't yeah. know why I didn't think I should also set up the ska questions in yeah, advance. Yeah, no. Oh, I... I see. I see. Yeah, you you just don't think about us. You don't care about us. I get it. I, I didn't it. think about them either until they asked me. <laughs> and then you didn't go. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I should do that for ska. No, I didn't. <laughs> Here's the thing. I could just cheat and say uh, Casey would be in rock would have the same idol on because it's no doubt. Right. That's true. right. Yeah. You get a, you yeah. get away with that. Here's my problem. Right. Like, I, I I do listen to disco, but I tend to have I, I group my playlist by genre, but also tend to be pretty broad genres. So there's yeah. also like some funk and some R&B and just like some funk influenced rock in here. And it's hard for me to remember which is which. Well, like I have said every time we've had to pick idol on names, I'm not here to fucking police the boundaries of genres right. to you. If it's disco to you, it's disco to you. Um, I... Some Parliament songs. I would... Cool. I, I also get to cheat because I could technically just do the original version of Three Small Words instead of the ska cover. Uh, That's not a disco song remotely. Disco like, I know what I just said, rock, but... Dipshit. Oh, for Papa Rock, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, um, I'm ignoring the disco question because I just don't have the grounding. It would take me a while to <laughs> dig through this. I would, yeah, I would have to do some digging. I got okay. Disco yeah, I got disco. Um, got to be real by Cheryl Lynn. Like there you go. Great. Like, I it, thanks. Yeah. I know that Naomi's um rock Sona would be the Sonic the Hedgehog song "Who I Am" by Magna Fee. Mm-hmm. And just for fun, I made a disco character based on Boney M's Rasputin. Oh, that is oh, good. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. that is very good, actually. Yeah, I think someone in uh, disco was also like, "Ah, we should have used Rasputin for my song." But yeah, <laughs> uh, solos disco idolon would be theme from the black hole. Okay, off okay. the album "Glory How It's Stupid." <laughs> Uh, and then l- let's see. I I think their uh, rock idol on would have just been "I Love Rock and Roll." Oh sure, there sure, you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> Regina's rock idol on could have been like "Lion's Teeth" by the Mountain Goats. Oh, Lion's Teeth is so good. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. one. Why yeah. the fuck is nobody? Well, I guess somebody may have submitted, but just like you know, lost the contest. I would love to do Eidolon Goats someday. I am shocked that we still haven't had a Mountain Goat. There have definitely been people saying that that would have been their pick had they, like, gotten in. It'll happen sooner or later. Yeah, one day day it'll happen, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right, let's see if there's any other in here. Jordan question, Jordan question. A question about how much Homestuck was in uh, my inspiration for Jordan. I already answered that, but if if any of you have Homestuck influence, well, that's the thing. The problem is, it's not so much that any of us are going in and going like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna make Homestuck references." Just Homestuck is too deep in us for us to not have influenced our decisions in some way. Not me, motherfucker. Uh, We're poisoned. Not yeah, 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 Zoe. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's G cat all the way down in this brain. Uh huh. It's true. Uh, all right, then moving on to the next part of this. Uh, let's see. Uh, sorry to do this, but I had a Ska-centric question I totally forgot about. I'll keep it short and big spoilers for Persona 5 Royal. Uh, Eidolon, the game, as they send up to JGBA, and that comes up a lot, but it also shouts out Persona as an inspiration. Was Dr. Phillips a Dr. Maraki reference? Evil therapist who messes with your head. Or am I just a person who has only ever played Persona 5, seeing their second Getting evil therapist? Persona 5 vibes from this. Um... I am aware that Dr. Maraki is a guy in Royal. I have not played Royal. I don't really know anything about what his deal is. I am um, sure there is some crossover just because, yeah, they're playing in the same space, but it's not a conscious reference. It's, it's, yeah, they're kind of the same type of guy. Yeah. It, it's, Maraki is more like, he he's less like, you know, doggy dog and more like, he's like, I... It's less aggressive on his end, I think. But yeah, there, uh-huh. very, there's a lot of overlap between those two dudes. From what yeah, I doesn't surprise me. But... He's sort of the inverse, where yeah, you know, yeah. conflict and loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just yeah. He wants to avoid all conflict and yeah. loss. I got gotcha. Rather I than will, resolve. I will it. also say, I think there's only so many takes you can have on like evil therapist. Yeah, right. And totally. That's not to say that you can't have that the character is cliche or that there's nothing to explore there, but yeah. I think a lot of the time it's going to orbit around a certain set of traits just yeah. because of what we think of as the structure of psychotherapy and the kind totally. of traits that you would expect from somebody who becomes a therapist and also is evil. In a world where Hannibal Lecter has been invented, it's hard not to start with Hannibal Lecter and branch out from there, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, obviously he is nothing like him personality wise, but I think the seed of the idea for Dr. Phillips is Dr. Jacoby from Twin Peaks. Um, Oh, sure. He's a bastard man. Yeah. And like Phillips isn't the same kind of creep as Jacoby, but you know, I think that is where the idea of having like a fucked up therapist character and probably also a lot of um God, I can't the wait analyst until, from the Matrix Resurrections. I can't wait until we do Idol on twenty nineteen and uh Dr. Phillips somehow comes back from the dead and is like selling gold plated uh <laughs> what, what gold plated dog statues yeah. or something. Yeah, uh-huh. I have been thinking a lot about uh, you know, old timey three D glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a character cooking who's gonna wear those old timey three D glasses. Great. Oh, you're just making me. Okay. But, what? Yeah, Luke, oh, yeah, Luke was an old-timey 3D Luke glasses wearer. This is a Luke yeah. look right there. <laughs> you didn't know about that? About it's one of the yeah, classic wore... Luke looks. I did. Yeah. Well, I tried, Matt, I tried to make that a thing. Are you going to have the character wear their shoes on the wrong feet, too? <laughs> you know, that actually would be in character ooh, for them, ooh, but no. Ooh, ooh. Oh, you are just making, making me. Luke. Oh, no. I wore 3D glasses at school for like a day before uh, a principal yelled at me to throw them away. And it probably yeah. wouldn't have okay, taken much well, longer for you to start getting headaches, so... 
<laughs> um, now, I, w- uh, I will say, the principal was being a dick, but also I can't imagine actually wearing those. It would get so annoying. Everything's yeah. blue and red. No, no, no. I feel well, like, they were the, like the newer the kind that were like... Being like, okay, I, I gotta stop this kid from himself. Sometimes... The problem is it didn't even work as, like, as a look because it was the newer kind that were just two different shades of gray. Oh, yeah, no, oh. that would look like dog shit. No, they, yeah. you, you need the classic ones. You need that Zombies Ain't My Neighbors shit. No, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the Still monocle got away with for significantly longer. <laughs> got away with? <laughs> Did somebody eventually tell you to take that off, too? Yes. Wow, you're, your school was Not, run by fascists, That man. fucking eight, 1984 well, picture, like, eight times. <laughs> no, I'll say, that, that was a democratic decision, because a teacher and also all of the students in the class told me to take it off. <laughs> Survivor? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I got voted off the island for my monocle. I can't let tell whether that is an act of deep cruelty or incredible mercy. <laughs> As with teenagers, oh. a little of both. Uh-huh. Oh god, uh-huh. I would have died. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, moving on to another email. Um... This one comes from Mary. Uh, Good evening, nice people of Eidolon Playtest. My name is Mary, and I have been a fan of the show since the beginning. I first wanted to say thank you for creating such an amazing show and game. I know I've mentioned this before, and also you mentioned it before when I read this email last week. Uh, But my friends and I have been playing Eidolon for a long time, and it has truly kept us together as we have moved across the country for college. I cannot express how thankful I am for that. Y'all have been an immensely positive influence in all of our lives, and give us a time to de-stress and have a lot of fun together. We also like geeking out in our private chat every time a new episode comes out. I have a couple questions for y'all during the post-mortem episode and hope this doesn't come in too late. Uh, General, how was it shifting from 1E to 2E? Do y'all have a preference for either one? Uh, 2E is so much better, it's not even yeah, funny. 2E. Yeah, 2E. Yeah, 2E is a huge upgrade. Like, there's yep. some, like when 2E there's is done... part of me that does miss just the physical thing of being able to roll my dice when I do a thing, but... Yeah. I mean, the mechanic... The, the, I've talked about it before. The the tarot system is just so cool. Yep. Yeah, I, I like I said last week, um, I fucking love Tui. I think it is a uh, like categorical step up. Um, yeah, it's very much because I think it's a good edition, system, and also you know? just like it, it feels. Yeah, it's like second it. edition. Like me and Molly didn't know what we were doing when we made One E. We were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We have a little more experience in Tui. And yeah, I think it shows. I'm at the point say. where I'm like, when Tui is done, I don't even want to sell One E anymore. Honestly. A little bit. It feels like just a rough draft that, like, you know, yeah. 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 I, I, I'll also say, I feel like 2E has a lot more of its own identity. Yeah, it really does. And, totally. Like, yeah, it has listen, to. Listen, I didn't hate 1E, but, you know, it's a Powered by yeah. the Apocalypse hack, and there's a lot right. of those, and yeah, there's only so much you can do to differentiate it. Molly, you remember back when I was like, we should throw out the PBTA core and make our own thing, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's so much work. No. Well, also, you would said that, like, at the very beginning of 1E, and it would have been a, a nightmare. Yeah, trying to do that well, when the- you are when you don't have any experience is definitely different. Well, no, I'm talking about when we were getting close to wrapping 1E, and I was like, all right, now we need to make a 2E where we make the whole game from scratch. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. The, and, you know, listen, you were right. But I was yeah. also right. It's been a lot of fucking work. I mean, it has been. That's true. There's I was way not more, like, wrong. 
We were finished with 1E by design session 14. We're already done more of those for 2E, and we're not done yet. Yeah, we're not done yet, it, and we won't be done yet for at least four more months. Yeah, something like that. Like, like you said in the last design session, we'll be done around April or so, I think. We hope. Uh, yeah, that that's the target. Which, you know, that's when Eidolon playtest began, so that's kind of yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Ska, specifically Maxi, what is your process when creating music for the show? Has that changed between pop rock and disco Ska? Do you have any tips for anyone wanting to start out on creating music of this nature? Ooh, okay, so in terms of creating commission music in general and character themes in particular, usually I start off by being like, tell me what the general vibe of the character or the setting going along with this piece is. If there's anything in particular you want the piece to sound like, any instruments you want me to use. Uh, sometimes people will give me specific songs to model it on. That pretty much goes without saying in Eidolon a lot of the time, since all the character themes, at minimum, I'm going to get a riff from the song that the Eidolon is named after. Yeah. Uh, and then once I have that, I pretty much just keep iterating on uh you know i come up with a basic melody or bass line or drum line i iterate on that until i have a draft i send it over how's this sound does this sound like a good starting point if i get the go ahead right. it's just iterating from there pretty much um yeah yeah in terms of i think the biggest difference from pop rock is that um you have not done a lot of like ska or disco music so we had to like work a, a little bit at the beginning and be like i don't know does this sound like ska music <laughs> Yeah, here, here's the thing. I, I, I discussed this in private with Luke. I think there are going to be fewer remixes this time around just because some of these songs were real hard to get the way I want them to sound. And yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get them to sound a second way that I like while still being both unique and recognizable as the same character theme. Right, uh, Or right. what have you. Um, because the thing is that both Ska and... Especially Ska, but, you know, Disco to some extent as well... They have very specific sounds, whereas, you know, pop and rock, very broad genres. And a, right. I, I would say a lot of the time, you know, some of those pop themes were really more, you know, electronica themes. Yeah. But, you know, it was close enough that it was like, whatever, it's going to be fully instrumental anyway. There's only so much leeway I have here. With, with disco and ska, it's like... Okay, well, there's a certain number of instruments that I basically have to pick at least two from this. Right. Uh, or it won't sound like what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I would say disco of the two is definitely easier because it is a very, you know, synth-heavy genre and to a lesser extent, like, just an orchestral genre. So, right. you know, I don't necessarily have to have a violin. I could have cello or I could have viola or I could have a synth that sounds kind of violin-y. Uh, whereas Ska Song, if it doesn't have either an organ or brass in there, yeah, or maybe a saxophone if I'm playing fast and loose with it, what the fuck am I doing? Right, right. Um, I think something else we found out is that a lot of uh, MIDI brass, like, sounds like MIDI brass and not, like, a real instrument in yeah. a way that's a little, like... <laughs> that. That is the one thing. I had to upgrade to, uh, to like... Uh, yeah, I had to pitch in samples. so you could buy a new sound library. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like, some instruments, the free VSTs and samples you can find will take you a long way. I have a free piano VST I've been using basically since I got into composition, still working great for me. I throw on a reverb filter. I do some futzing with equalization. It's great. It sounds like piano. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is, like, from an engineering perspective, 
digitally recreating strings or even recording strings and making them sound good in a, in a package, easy, because it's just vibrations. Um, right. Those are extremely easy to replicate with waves in digital format. Brass instruments are a fucking batshit, you know, combination of, you know, sounds being shaped in a very specific way and then driven through a series of tubes that are also shaped right. in a very specific ways with their own reverberations. Like, you can't easily emulate that shit. You need high quality samples to be able to do anything good. Yeah, well, and I'm, this is so far from my area of expertise, but I would imagine, like, on a piano, you hit a piano key, it plays a specific tone. Yep. Brass instruments are inherently kind of almost more like analog than that, right? Because you're shaping the the pitch of it constantly with just your lip shape and your fingering, and like it's not as discreet as a piano. Yeah, key. I would I would say with brass, you typically would get more overtones in in a note. Um, yeah, there's more, you know, there's there's a fullness to the sound, or there you know, there's properties to that sound as it comes out, where it's not just a pure note. And that's right. kind of the appeal of brass and why brass works so well as a, like, lead instrument. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in terms of getting started as a composer, I would say how I did it was I started out with free software. I was fooling around in, like, uh, MuseScore, Anvil Studio. More recently, I've occasionally done some stuff in Famitracker. If it's free, there's basically no barrier to entry. You can just dick around in there. You can see, oh, here's how I can, like, lay out a melody. There's uh, usually a lot of, like, online guides, too, for how to do stuff in yeah. pretty much any free program. Yeah. Um, once you want to get more serious, I would say legally acquire a copy of... I go with FL Studio. I used to use Reason, but then it stopped working on my computer, so I just switched over. Um... I think FL Studio is fairly intuitive if you know at least a decent amount of soft about software. It's easy to import new VSTs, which are, in layman's terms, basically digital instruments. Um, and it's pretty easy to see everything laid out, to get all your tracks in order. Um, I would say very good uh, instruments to start out with, uh, VSTs to start out with. I like Helm and Futura a lot. That's P-H-U-T-U-R-A. Uh, those are both free synthesizer VSTs. They have pretty um, varied sound banks, so you can play with a lot of different tones and sort of resonances and just in general, like, what it sounds like. Um, I like Iowa Piano. That's the one I use for piano. Uh, DVS Saxophones. Uh, so I would, you know, get some of those, maybe experiment with some others. It's usually pretty easy to just Google free VSTs and find some free VSTs. Um, look up some tutorials if you need to, and uh, once you have the basics, just sort of fool around. See what instruments you like. See what instruments you don't like. Sometimes you'll download one, and you'll be like, oh, this is this is not my thing, actually. It's too complicated, or it sounds weird. You can just discard it. Um, and then... I would also say, reverb and equalization are your friends. They are effects that come packaged into FL Studio. There's a reverb effect, and there's, a, I think I use it, it's like FL EQ2 or something. Those will let you really adjust the sound in... <sighs> reverb is fairly straightforward. It's basically like echo and resonance. It gives you sound like... Here's a large room. Here's a small room. Here's a very echoey room. Here's a bit more delay on an instrument that doesn't naturally have it. Uh, so it's very useful for that. 
equalization strictly speaking is like here's how loud the low end is relative to the high end but by fooling around with that you can also get particular sounds um the one that i typically find the most useful is you can make something sound kind of distant or like it's being played over the radio by amping up like the mid high end and making everything else very low uh so i guess short version fool around with free stuff eventually get fl studio um download some free vsts fuck around in fl studio <laughs> all righty good good answer <laughs> good answer good answer good answer show me fuck around with the fl studio it's on there it's number one. Oh, hey all right great uh that means we get to proceed to the next email uh, this one comes from Becky Scott Fairley. Congratulations on completing another season. Here are some questions. Uh, one, is there anything people wish happened earlier or differently with how things went this season? Um, I meant to make Regina, like, less, uh, less friendly longer, but uh-huh. kind of necessitated that happening, I think. Just, you know, playing a game. Right, right. Um... I <laughs> this technically hasn't happened in game yet, um, but I I don't listen to podcasts or music much, uh-huh. like, and so, so I true. I am I haven't listened to disco. Um, I'm informed yeah. of what happens in disco, um, but not everything because I did not realize that Charlie and Jordan are related um, <laughs> until after we finished recording. <laughs> the finale so now i wish that would have come up earlier you know i mean he hasn't brought it up so you know (laughs) yeah no he's he's not yeah everyone was just like oh like y'all were talking in the uh the discord and i was like hey are they speculating or what are they talking about and he's like yeah yeah jordan is charlie's cousin and i lost i lost my fucking mind yeah, <laughs> I would say that's why I specifically made him uh, Natalie's cousin and not like yeah, yeah, her yeah. brother because like you would know about him. Yeah, if, yeah, he, it was that he's, close. he's related, but like just barely on the cusp of like direct family. Right. Uh, for me, I would say, listen, uh, student listeners may have noticed. I would say I didn't have the clearest intent for. Uh, you know, the whole Scatharioplis thing. I had, you know, a general uh, idea, but I was uh, yeah. occasionally a bit wishy-washy with it. I was concerned about uh, overstepping. Uh, and that's also part of why I've created a five-page character Bible for uh, Eidolon Season 4 when that comes along. Oh, in over a year from now. In over a year from now, uh, Luke. In uh, uh-huh. slightly less than over a year from now, I will send you that character Bible, and I'll be like, hey, so this is what I have in mind. I just wanted to make sure this doesn't, like, interfere with any of the plans or lore you had set, and if not, I can right. edit it. And then Using uh, a playbook we haven't even written yet that I just told you, yeah, we're thinking about doing something like this, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, got it. Well, Luke, the problem what? is it, it's an idea for a playbook <laughs> that I really, really like, and I immediately fell in love with, and it, it meshed well with the character concept I was already kicking around in there. And I'm hey, very, what? very autistic. <laughs> I understand you, Maxie. I understand. Crystal, I'm so glad somebody does. 
Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I have character sheets for backup characters. I mean, the thing about the Scatheriopolis stuff, part of it is that, like, it was reliant on Merlin lore that I was making up as we went along, so you couldn't prep it that much. Yeah, in, in that regard, I do think it works out. Like, with the Jordan reveal, it's like, oh, of course, like, Solo's entire civilization is uh, basically, you know, open bracket, ellipses, closed bracket. I'll, fin- I'll figure this out later. I'll, I'll figure this out in the second <laughs> right. draft pass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Uh, what is the most unexpected thing that happened this season? Um, I, the twist at the end of the season? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a big one. I expected that. I, yeah. Again, Luke did tell me in advance, so I did. I told you, like, a little bit in advance. You told me basically the concept. You told me that, like, Jordan was the mastermind and was going to become God, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah. How far back did I tell you that? I don't even remember. I mean, when you had me start working on the, the mastermind. Right. That makes sense. You needed to know that for the theme. Um, <laughs> for me... I, I, I still gotta give Crystal big ups. I was not expecting uh, Natalie's second death. Fucking well, yeah. me either. <laughs> me yeah. either. That, that <laughs> sort of this only happened because I drew bad. That sort of thing is really what I aspire to. I need to be causing more problems on purpose. I like. I was like, cool. We just put Charlie through hell. She's gonna have her fun little Spider-Man no more moment. Like you know, it'll be. Great. And then you were like, what if we made it worse? Yeah, it could have gone better if I drew better. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I think it would have gone bad either way. Yeah, I don't think I it would have been going better. Into that scene, thinking, "Oh, I should kill her again." Well, here's the right. thing: it happens. Charlie was like, she died, but like Charlie was like, I gave her like all the chances in the world, and she still wouldn't stop being a piece of shit. Have like that would just be like rubbing it back in Charlie's face. It wouldn't have been a good time for her. Yeah, I do feel like saying I rolled bad is why it went bad. It's kind of like saying, well, I kind of screwed up my my spell to, you know, revive somebody as a zombie. And so they, they were extra <laughs> zombie-like. Um, you know, if I would have done it better, they would have just been a normal zombie. And that would have been fine. It would have been fine. I think coming back wrong is a skill issue. If yeah. somebody raised me from the dead, I would just come back <laughs> I would normal. just come back right. Right, yeah. Fix your shit. Sometimes dead is better. Maybe with the way you do it. Uh, I I think the the line that maybe caught me the most off guard, complimentary, and like just made me lose it was um was Casey's reaction to learning that Charlie's gay. The the like you know <laughs> I still like you know I think you're normal or what you said like oh yeah, yeah fucking took you know, me you are, out but you are still like a normal girl. Yeah, oh man, that annihilated me. <laughs> As I was well, I, I didn't the... really fully like I knew I wanted to have her be kind of awkward and not really know how to talk about it, but I didn't have like what I was going to say planned, so I was kind of winging it. And as I was say, as those words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh god, am I taking this too far?" Nope, it was perfection. I, I'd say that one of those for me was when Naomi was just like, I'm married. Yes! Oh, yeah! No, yeah! Oh, yeah. Yes! Oh, we're, we, we gotta get into that in book two. We gotta have Naomi's yeah, I mean, we have to, yes. show up. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Anything planned GM-wise that with... The, yeah. Anything planned GM-wise which you want to reveal to the players now that it has passed? Um... I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have much yeah, in that Generally, you sense. don't usually hold back from saying, well, here's what I'd originally planned to do, and you derailed the hell out of that. Yeah, I, like I said, the, a big part of the original idea was that you were going to be hanging out with Fishbone and Main Street way more. That, like, Streetlight Manifest was going to be kind of your cool hideout, but then after you guys ignored Streetlight after, or Main Street after like, promising to help it for, like, you know, two weeks. I'm like, well, it's gonna be fussy about that, and then that's just gonna keep escalating. Well, it was already fussy before. Yeah, like, it, I don't it, think it wasn't particularly really, likable. Yeah, I don't think any of us left that Main Street encounter going, you know, I really want to hang out more with that guy. No, because remember, Charlie was like, don't worry, we won't forget yeah, about Charlie this. Yeah, Charlie was we'll, trying we'll to be, like, nice great. and good, but she wasn't like, oh, I love this street. No, sure, I wasn't expecting that. It was just more like, you know... Solo is the only fucking person in this team who respects his elders. Main Street was going to be kind of prickly, but, you know, you'd be friends with it, and it would give you a place to, like, duck into when things got too hot to handle. See, I never uh, kind of got that impression from the whole situation. Right. Like, even even when, like, we finished that, that fight, it felt like, yeah, I don't know why we would want to come back here. I mean, it gave you a lantern to hide Charlie's damaged car. I feel like it was trying to help. I guess. Uh, felt, but then also, Fishbone... Like a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Fishbone is also just the most useless guy in history. Yeah, so... he's trying his best. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I was looking for answers, not someone's best. Thank you. <laughs> um, the the lantern to me felt less like the, um, like, hey, like, I'm here for you, I'm an ally. We're like, yeah, kind of overreacted, uh, fuck it, we're even, here you go. Right, right. Um... Well, and like I said, it's, it wasn't, I'm here for you, we're allies. It was more just like, we have come to an understanding that we'll maybe turn into a deeper relationship as we go. But then, you know, because it was kind of a dick the next time you talk to it, you know, it just... No one was willing to back down, including Main Street, so it just kind of fell apart. Well, I think the next time, the next person to talk to Main Street was me, and that was just yes. not gonna happen. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um... The other thing, I guess, I'd, I'll say, I thought it'd be funny to have a Furby show up and give apocalyptic uh, predictions. I didn't totally know what I was doing with that Furby when I first Jesus introduced Christ. it. I was cycling through a couple possibilities. One of them being that it was uh, Casey's dad's idol on, and it's like apocalyptic prophecies is a manifestation of his like just general anxiety. Yeah, that would have made sense. That makes like, sense. A lot of people were speculating that, in fact, so, you know. They were, and like, yeah, you weren't wrong to speculate that. That might have been how it went. <laughs> uh, and then I thought it was more interesting to make it, like, a counterpart to Fishbone. I did enjoy when Casey's reaction was, okay, this is very weird. I don't want to deal with this right now. And you're like, really? You're, you really don't want to explore this plot thread I gave you? <laughs> <laughs> you want to maybe tell No, it, it pretty much went it? how... It pretty much went how I was expecting. The only real difference was that, like, I think in the GM notes at some point, there is an implied, like, sort of fight against the Furby where it keeps predicting immediately imminent bad things happening. And it's protecting Casey, like, from direct harm. But those things have knock-on effects that, like, are bad. Right. And that just kind of got swallowed by Main Street and Charlie attacking the party at the same time. It was like, well, I don't want to overstuff this. So we'll just kind of backburner that. Can we, hold on, I have to talk about 
the like <laughs> the I'm gonna do like a sick reveal, like villain Charlie gonna have like you know I've been here the whole time, motherfuckers, right. turning into Charlie passing out in the back seat from pain meds. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Classic Charlie moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Let's see. How hard was it to plan the whole 1990s, 1970s timeline interactions, especially with Charlie doing stuff to add Charlie's mother to the 70s? To be fair, I added Charlie's mother to the 70s. I don't know if Charlie did that. Yeah, we had, we had talked about, like, the idea that her mom died mysteriously, like, due to Eidolon stuff. Or we also talked about the... Do, do we want to, like... Because I don't know if you're still considering, because you, you really wanted me to find out how she died. Um, and I kept... <laughs> well, it was more just like, that's what Charlie originally summoned her to find out, and it was just like, ah, oh, we keep missing the window to do this. <laughs> um, yeah, because she had much bigger problems with her... With her right. Yeah. Um, but I remember you told me, like, we were talking about it like it could be either, like, you know, due to Eidolon shit, or it was just a very mundane death. Um, yeah. And I, that was about the extent of it, and then I think... Did you one one of us approach the other one to be like, "Hey, what if Charlie summoned her mom back?" And then it really got into the. I think that's when you were like, "Ooh, I'm gonna put her in disco and all that shit." Yeah, I mean, it started because we talked. You had originally talked to me about her mom dying in a mysterious way or yeah. something, and me immediately jumped to right. Okay, so what you mean by that is that she's alive in your idol on somehow. We're on the same page. And, uh, see, that was funny because I didn't get that. That was not where no, I was right. going. In no way did you imply that. I just did the thing I do yeah. sometimes where I read way more into something than, like, is intended and just... Right, no, this absurd leap of logic I went to is what everybody did, which, right? We all understand which it. Which made that... It was funny because you expected me to, like, be like, oh, yeah, of course, when you did the I'm so proud, like, reveal. Right. And I, it, it hit me like an emotional truck. And you, you were like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, of course that's what I was doing. Right, no, we talked about this, like, remember? No, we didn't! What? Let me go back and look. Oh, I guess we didn't. <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the Natalie thing, like, I think it worked out great. Like, I, I love yeah, I think it worked yeah, pretty the good. synergy that happened there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, Maurice taking one of the largest L's of the campaign. <laughs> Oh well, time pointed out, he draws like shit every time he tries to hang out with Natalie yeah. in a boyfriend way. I cannot wait for you know Maurice what? and some Charlie team... to interact somehow. Some team yeah. relationships are just like that, though. Every time you try to interact, right. it, yeah. you draw bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, then these are Scott-specific questions from Becky. Uh, how much and when did Maxie get given information about Merlin and everything? Um... Pretty quickly after the, the disco people did. Again, I'm making it up as I go. I didn't have, like, a whole fucking lore Bible printed out before we started this, so... I could only give Maxi information as fast as I could come up with it. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of it was, like, a balancing act between, like, well... How much, of, like, do I want to spoil Maxi versus, well... Solo would reasonably know about this, so I need to, like... I, I have to spoil Maxi on some things. And then, anytime there's a, like, inconsistency or flaw, that's that's the last uh, twist of Scatharioplis. That's what that's for. So, like, ah, you know, maybe you don't know understand the situation as well as you think you do. 
Um, and then, how much of the Naomi and Jake situation is meant to be read as plurality? I think we got a couple questions along this line. Uh, yeah, it isn't intentionally invoking that sphere. Because yeah. that's always kind of um, present in the Eidolon concept. And it was explored a little bit with uh, Baby Bear and Eidolon Pop. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to, to, to take it a little further. What if you're what if you were two guys <laughs> instead of one guy? Right. And also, Crystal has to play two characters in a season or she will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll die. Don't want Crystal to die. Crystal to die. No, we, we want, want Crystal to, to live. No. <laughs> uh all right. Uh, moving on to our next email from Grief Ninja. Uh, what would your Pop Rock characters' resonance and dissonant cards have been? Well, we've answered this, in, at least internally, haven't we? We've at least talked yeah. about it. I don't totally I remember. I think I posted... Hang on, I'm just going to search the Discord, because I think I've already posted this. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I have two. But of course I'm not going to be able to find it. So I mean, no, I also don't... Not. like. It's It's easy enough to pick. I could recreate it here pretty quick. Right. Yeah, I would just have to look at the list because I forgot what I picked I mean, before. I mean, Chili's resonant card is the fool. There's no question about that. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, Charlie's resident is the chariot, obviously. Yeah, Sloan's. Or yeah, yeah, Sloan. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's resident is the fool, I believe. Right. Yeah. I need to look at a list of tarot cards. I don't remember them even now. Yeah, it turns out even just remembering 22 tarot cards is hard. 22 is a long list. I, I, also, I can sit here and think of them, but like actually... Yeah. But I don't know the polarity for right, all Right, yeah, yeah. So. I know the cards. I don't remember which ones specifically are neutral or what their exact forecasts are. Right, right. Uh, uh, Virginia probably uh, resonant, the high priestess, dissonant, the hermit. That makes sense, yeah. I feel like Harvey would definitely be Wheel of Fortune resonant, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Chili's uh, dissonance would probably be temperance, because, you know, beast driven by yeah. desires. Right, right. I feel like Charlie and Sloane have overlap, and both of their dissonance are death. I can see that. I think, uh, in terms of Harvey's dissonant, almost certainly temperance as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, my man does not do half measures. No. <laughs> Crystal, do you have anything for Alexis? Um, Alexis, uh, Justice Resonance and the Wheel of Fortune Dissonant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be able to think of the Dissonant, but to be clear, Abby's Resonant is 100% the Lovers. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, what would her Dissonant be? Yeah. Um... Because I would say, yeah, I, Lovers makes total sense. Yeah. Temperance for Abby's Residence also makes sense does, to me. yeah. Yeah. Um, what would her dissonant be? That's a good question. Yeah. Could be the chariot. Could, well, Maybe. That's, oh boy, that's mess. I mean, that that's... I love it. Yeah, I that's love good. it. I love the mess, yeah. but that's mess. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, if you had to do this season over with a different playbook, which would it be and why? trying to think of what i would put regina's power into that would still resemble yeah i i think charlie would be the alchemist 
Um, yeah, because you almost did do yeah, Alchemist until yeah. we had the conductor. Because I, I like I my my idea with Charlie was that she has a power that a she has vague like you know various states of control over, but b like manipulates people and things in a way that she doesn't want it to a lot of the time. So I think the Alchemist yeah. would make sense. I could imagine Regina's power working as an infiltrator. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I was also gonna. I was gonna say Vanguard. Actually, I think Solo could be a fun Vanguard. Yeah, Solo that, could that, absolutely be a Vanguard. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think um, Casey would fit either the Navigator or the Conductor pretty well. Um, the Conductor seems a little um, maybe unintuitive, given that she's so reserved. But it's right. the um, being it's the the prepar- the preparation side of things that I think really makes sense for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I think being a, yeah, I no, think I'm trying to being think. an unassuming conductor could be interesting. Somebody who doesn't necessarily appear to be the life of the party, but manages to kind of um take control from behind, if you will. Yeah, in some ways, honestly, I think the conductor might be a more natural fit for Casey's power than the infiltrator yeah. of, like, just anyone in my zone of influence just doesn't notice me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, the, the behind-the-scenes conductor, you know, the one that people aren't noticing right. but is actually the most in control. Because that kind of winds up being what she does. Right, I think it also would fit with her character arc where, like, at this point, now she is more of, like, a an upfront person, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Maxi, have we ever had Solo satisfy her uh, instinctive desire for Dominion? I think she did um, in the lead-up to Burger on the Orient Express. Yes. It okay. did not yeah. end up being relevant. <laughs> Great. It, uh, I, I don't think even her remember what that bonus is on the top of my head. be trying to do that now. Yeah, no, true, that, true. that is part of why uh, I'm characterizing Boss of Me as I am. Yeah. Getting Getting a little meta with it. I'll say, you should remind me if you feel like you're dominating and want the reward. No, that's the thing. I, don't... I think largely I haven't been. <laughs> okay. Also, a lot of situations where it doesn't make sense to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I sure. honestly kind of struggled to work that into Chili and Rock. Yeah. Well, hey, we're working on the Beast next time. Maybe we'll think about this. <laughs> I do definitely think it's good to have... No, I agree. I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was more of a... It was a more of a... The situation she's in kind of hard to to you know it's push ex- for that listen it's an extreme situation sometimes when you're in a fight for your life or you're in a road trip across the country or you're investigating a murder you don't have a lot of time to be thinking about uh building a little nest yeah uh, oh. i will say chili would be just just every episode just getting all the food she wants so i think uh that would work out just fine yeah right in 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 ska mm-hmm. yeah uh, what inspired you to use the Legend of King Arthur for the Undertow? I did answer that on Disco. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, if your cast were Power Rangers, what color would they be? Oh. I mean, it's not like the colors really matter for anything, so kind of just pick your favorite color Except here. Except, like, red, I mean, a red bit. is usually the leader. That's, like, the one thing. That yeah. yeah, that's right. the only thing. Yeah. 
I feel like Ska doesn't really have a leader in the way no. that Disco does. Yeah, I don't. feel like Solo would be the Red Ranger because the way this whole season started was it was just like Solo assembled the team. It was kind of one of those one of those where like sure. Solo's the veteran Ranger recruiting a new team. Now yeah. I, w- I will make a small correction. Uh, Solo wouldn't be a Power Ranger. Solo is a is a common rider. Oh, you're All right. right. <laughs> yeah. I hate the Solo bats. is the dro- the doggy Kruger of this season. It's true. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, he's the Blue Ranger. What's Jake? Um, also the Blue... How many Rangers are there? Like I mean, five there or six. As many as you want. There they, as there's many there's Purple you. Rangers now, I think. I'm pretty sure there's a Purple Ranger. Yeah, there's been Purple. There's been Silver. Yeah. I, Charlie would be yeah, the Black Ranger, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to. White Ranger. All right. <laughs> I guess Regina would probably be like a yellow. Yeah, I think Regina I and Casey yeah. as the yellow and pink Rangers make sense. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. All right. Question answered. <laughs> uh, actually, um, Casey changes her Ranger color every week. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's, the same it's a light suit, purple, sometimes it's a light it. blue. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Crystal, I remember it was mentioned that Naomi is basically, what if Naoto Persona 4 didn't be transphobic? How do you feel the character in their story is going so far in this regard? Also, do you feel like you have less freedom than the other players since you already have a pretty set personality slash character arc in mind? Um, well, obviously they're based on Naoto, but we haven't really gone into the gender situation because it's not really, I mean, basically the idea was, uh, what if someone's gender was detective? Right, right. What if uh, they were basically like someone outside of society because they've been raised in this weird Batman family and can't really relate to other people? Yeah, because like, a a thing about Naoto that Crystal, or that uh, Naomi doesn't have is that Naoto is, like, deeply hung up about gender stuff. Yeah, and the thing... People always talk about the gender stuff with Naoto, but the thing that actually stands out to me a little more is when he talks about how he grew up not having any friends and he just kind of tagged along with his grandpa. And then because he was doing detective stuff his whole childhood, he never learned how to make friends. Right, and that's kind of where I was trying to go with... um the Grandpa Shirogorov stuff near the end of book one, where, like, part of Naoto's thing, like, his quest uh, in his social link is all about, like, oh, my grandpa's actually playing, like, a fun game with me, and I thought it was a serious case because my grandpa wants me to, like, loosen up and be a kid a little bit. Because I, you know, that's another part of Naoto is that he's, like, the youngest member of the team, but he acts the most mature, and it's like, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe you need to, like, be a kid. Yeah, you need to have a childhood. If you just yeah. jump straight to adult, maybe you won't be as good at it. Right, right. Uh, what was the other part of the question? Uh, do you feel like you have less freedom than the other players since you already kind of have a character archetype in mind and you're not sort of figuring out as you go? Uh, I mean, yeah, I do have a character archetype in mind and I have like certain scenes in mind that can sort of happen when they're appropriate but i don't feel like i'm more restricted than other players i think it's maybe not entirely true that the rest of us don't have character archetypes in mind um 
Right. I feel like I went into this having a pretty good idea of what kind of character Casey would be and kind of what her arc would end up being. Um, right, right. Uh, going into the next Ska season, are Lexi and Crystal at all worried about stepping on each other's toes now that Just a Girl also seems to be a sentient idol on like Jake? I'll say, when Lexi was like, oh, let me handle this, I know what to do with this Phantom fight, I did immediately have an alarm bell going off like, uh-oh, Lexi's doing the exact thing. Crystal talked to me about wanting to do with Jake. <laughs> yeah, I did have some qualms about kind of stepping on uh, Crystal's toes with that, but also I'm not really going for it as I wouldn't say long-term that I see Casey's Eidolon being independent the way Jake is. Um, it's a lot yeah. more of a external manifestation of her, um, of, you know, the, the, her insecurities uh, kind of prevent her from being able to follow her own desires and instincts. So it's kind of just giving a stronger voice to that side of things to kind of help push her into... Um, you know, taking some more risks with herself socially. Yeah, the reading I kind of had was that uh, Casey's Phantom fight was a moment where her and her Eidolon were starting to bifurcate in the way that uh, Naomi and Jake have, but instead of fully splitting, they end up kind of synthesizing by the end of it. Yeah, I think I think it's reasonable to look at that from like a narrative perspective as a potential. Uh, situation where a schism could happen and didn't yeah but yeah crystal i don't know if you had thoughts about this i mean for me even if everyone had their own little jake independent idol on they would still all be different people with different personalities you know that's true that's it true it wouldn't be the same thing yeah no that's a fair I, point i mean the thing i'm specifically trying to hit with jake is like um what if you're what if your Eidolon wasn't exactly sealed, but you just kind of ignored it forever, but it was still, right. like, conscious, so yeah. it, it kind of developed on its own path? Yeah, but yeah, But yeah. obviously Casey's situation is a lot different, so it would go in a different direction. I would right. say, too, I think with Jake, um, I don't know if this is necessarily consciously intentional, Crystal, but just with the way Jake is... Um, he tends to push everyone into thinking about Eidolons more that way. Um, so <laughs> right. in some ways, I would say even you could say that the way Casey's Phantom Fight manifested could in some ways be influenced by having been spent so much time around Naomi and Jake the last few months. The, the idea of, yeah. the idea of the, this extension of yourself having you know, some degree of independence is, I think, in conversation with what's going on with Naomi and Jake. Yep, that makes and sense. And also with uh, Charlie and uh, her mother, for that matter. Yeah. All right. There's so much stuff uh, I want to say about a fucking campaign that's not going to happen for over a year. Yeah, this you can't nice, because Maxie. you don't even know if you're still going to like want those specific ideas by the oh, time we get to season four. Luke, Luke, I am. Minds change, Maxie. I uh, listen. I get I get my mind set on something, that idea just keeps kicking around on there. It's you ever, you ever uh, look at laundry as it's going around? No, that's my brain you, right now. My, you <laughs> might end up seeing <laughs> you might end up seeing everyone else's characters and be like, oh, actually, my idea maybe slots into this party better this way or that way. I'm 
mean, I might tweak it. Uh huh. I might make some minor tweaks. Yeah. <laughs> Core of the idea is still gonna be there. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm so scared. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, this email comes in from uh, Justin. Uh, kind of a general question. Say that this takes place in the Pop Rock universe. Who would be the master of this timeline? Right, we answered this one. Kind of this, this email came in before. Yeah, we know twist, this one. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Ska Crew, but specifically directed at Maxi. Where'd you come up for the idea for Solo? Uh, and why a Beatle specifically? And how many years ago did you write this up? Yeah, right? <laughs> at which point uh, in rock season one did you decide i'll be a beetle next time there's a couple answers here um one of them is uh before eidolon uh even existed as a concept before you two had made a game i would occasionally think about story ideas and i'd be like it'd be cool to do like a jojo's inspired thing but like yeah you know drawn from video games instead and maybe one of the characters has like it's like a Katamari slash wonderful end of the world kind of thing, but it's like a black sure, sure, hole sure. that, it, you know, it can it can accumulate mass or disperse mass or, like, create holes, and they go through the holes and so on. Um, so, you know, I was probably drawing from that on at least some level, although I don't remember sure. if it was a conscious, like, oh, I should use that old concept that's been kicking around my head. Um, Katamari Damashi, obviously a very heavy inspiration you know you got this tiny little prince pushing a ball around um right and you know i think i just picked a, a beetle because you know and it meshes well with the idea it's a small creature that in the case of scarabs pushes a ball around um right and i, I do think when i was looking into uh old ska songs and i found you know soul together and i was like Oh, you know, that sounds kind of like a, a a dodgy, you know, dub rendition of Clump Spirit. And I think that was sort of what drew it together as a concept for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really should have... Oh, I like the, uh, the fucking... I can never remember her name, but, you know, the, the evil magistrate in Scatheriopolis. Yeah, but I really could have lead more King of All Cosmos with her. It's, it's true. <laughs> Truly, I think uh, your biggest mistake with uh, everything with Solo's backstory is giving us the gift of calling it Scaryopolis. Yeah, uh, that was not a gift. That was I Luke. Gave anyone that, that was yeah, no, that I was I'm, I'm talking to Luke. Um, <laughs> okay, because because yeah, because that I, that's all I will ever refer to it now as. I do, I do really like that Luke was like, hey, you know what? I'll set up this uh, singing bass rip rip off and right. uh, kind of crotchety manifestation of the main street in town as sort of the gang's uh you know go to npc allies or whatever right and we were all like how about this how about this really kind of pathetic goth kid let's adopt him instead right uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I love and honestly fang's got a lot of fishbone in him you're not wrong. He he does have, he has no idea what's going on. He's almost never yeah. helpful. But gosh yeah. darn, he's so dang likable. He's so likable. Everyone loves his fang. <laughs> he is a sweet boy. Yeah, you know, he does his best. He's about to be a fucking snitch. <laughs> that's that's yeah, a secret about sweet up. boys, Molly. You can't trust them. Can't she trust didn't. Him. That's true. <laughs> he was going to kill you. He would have, yeah. What, what or he would have tried. 
Ska and for Maxi again, did Solo really have a plan to kill everyone in the Mystery Club, even Fang? Or were they just making that up? And if so, what are the details of each plan? Uh, I, I don't know if Solo was. I was absolutely making it up. <laughs> My plan to kill uh, pretty much every. Oh, really? You don't have those plans set before we ever started playing? No, my plan was uh, use Soul Together to make a bunch of stuff go around and beat them to death with the stuff that's going around, Luke. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, to be fair, it's that's a pretty, a pretty universal approach, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't really have to be Batman stockpiling different types of kryptonite for that one. Exactly. Right, right. You have to be Batman stockpiling a gun. Yeah. You know, you know, the listen. one thing he'll never do. <laughs> listen, that's I, I know this is not a fresh observation. Would solve a lot of problems if he just shot the Joker, <laughs> or Two Face, or anybody. Yeah, that is that if, is kind of that is kind of the conclusion we came to at the end of the season, if if you think about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Regina did decide. Well, if I just murder this guy, we're gonna run out of problems fast. If yeah, instead of anyone who hasn't killed anyone is Casey. That's uh, who did Charlie kill? Her mom. That's a manslaughter at best. That's a, that's a homicide. It was we a pretty active choice. Oh, I guess the first time, right? Sure, but I mean, like, die. that's that's a ghost. Can you? Is it murder if it's a ghost? Yeah, it's still, it's uh, still like, matricide, yes. And also, it was like you know to emphasize again, not literally her mom, just the, yeah, the echo of her mom's say. spirit that lives inside of her. So really, it never truly dies until Charlie does. Yeah. I don't know okay, about then you gotta that. Like, take off the hook too. <laughs> not Jake. Yeah, Jake think... doesn't get a. Jake isn't going to be like charged with murder. Jake is going to be charged with fucking up Charlie emotionally, real bad. Yeah, being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I think. We'll I, 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 I don't think. I don't think you can find a jury to convict a Jake. Non-issue. So. I, I think. If, yeah. uh, I think if we could charge teenagers for traumatizing their friends, not a lot of people would be walking the streets. Hey, I've been uh-huh. online. People are always trying to do that. Oh yeah, no, there's yeah. a there's a large contingent of adults who think this is absolutely the way. Right. All right. Uh, this email comes in from Gary. Uh, hey, folks. Thanks for the fun pods. Looking forward to where it goes from here. My question for each player: If you could rewrite history so that any one book, movie, game, etc., was period appropriate for your setting, which would you pick? Oh, like what thing would we like to be able to reference in the show? Yeah, like what if if Casey could have you know a GameCube game? What would be a good GameCube game for Casey, etc.? What would be a good I GameCube think Solo. game for Casey? <laughs> that would stress really? her the fuck out. Chibi Robo, maybe? Oh, I think she'd like Chibi Robo. Yeah. Yeah. I think Solo would really like Dark Souls. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. He would meet Solaire, and it would become his whole personality. Right, right. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Naomi would love the return of the Obra Dinn. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I like that we're all settling on video games. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did want to answer something that wasn't a video game, but... Well, I mean, you can still. I'm not going to stop you. I'm actually, I'm thinking about 9 though. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you had one yeah, locked and loaded. No, 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 no. I just, I, I, video game wasn't where I was gonna go with it, but. Right. Maxie, did you just say 9-11? I said, what about 9-11? Hypothetically. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> the P 
piece of media that Solo would like best is coverage of 9-11? <laughs> okay, I forgot it was specifically media. <laughs> Why would you want it that 9-11 just happened Solo two years early? Solo looking at all that rubble going, oh, I can make such a big ball out of this. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I get when I make a 9-11 joke with the Furby predicting and everyone yells at me, Maxie can just do this. Hey, listen, <laughs> I have been on record in, in various places many times that I think it should be open season on making fun of 9-11. Sure. It has been, All right, next time it'll be open season. This is my fault. It <laughs> has been far too long and the the whole situation has been turned into way too much of nationalist propaganda. For me to be willing to take it seriously anymore. I don't take it seriously. I just didn't want to deal with any blowback that might come with us making fun of it. That's all. Um, uh, Charlie would want Jackass forever to come out. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, no, Jackass. Jack, Charlie is already a yeah. diehard for Jackass, even though it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. Jackass, like, Jackass, just the media franchise happening, like, because I think it's 2001 or 2000, so it's, like, yeah, we're just on out of reach. Of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, does it specific? Do you do you think Charlie would like the newest one the most, or does she want like the TV show? I like or... the newest one the most. So like, sure. I like I'm just speaking from. I think Charlie would w- love any jackass she gets. Um, I'm just speaking. About, I like Forever the most, so I want that one. When well, I guess every other jackass she doesn't have to wait that long to get. Yeah, well, well, That's three true. is like in the 2010s. So is it yeah. when okay. I but was also... in when I was in high no, no, school. No, no. Uh, some of some of the guys in my class decided to make their own jackass video, and Charlie would absolutely be one of those. Oh, people. Charlie would, yes, Charlie in a heartbeat. She'd be going around uh, with the camcorder and telling everyone, "Hey, I'll let you see what footage we've got now if you're willing to film something for this." Yep, I got a list. Yep. I got a list right. of stunts we can try. Pick something you like. Let's do it. Um, we had to set this in 1999 because if it was in 2000, Charlie would be dead from trying to do jackass <laughs> stunts. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what would have been cool? Uh, the the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. Sure. Would okay. They? Sherlock Holmes sure. could show up, and we could all be like, would "Oh, oh, can you really cool? do that thing? Can you really do that thing where you slow down time and beat a guy up?" <laughs> you know what? The somebody. Oh no! no you you first, Molly. Somebody help me figure out which rom-com Regina would secretly love, but would never oh, admit sure. it. Because that's the real oh, question that is, here. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. very true. I just don't know rom-com as well enough to well, suggest well, I see, that's my problem, too. While we're thinking of that, um, I, I do want to point out, because it's perfectly thematic for Eidolon Disca, um, uh, we watched the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie the other week, which I've seen before. Like It was a rewatch for me. That movie's dumb as mm-hmm. shit, but it's also the funniest thing in the world, because... It is like a parody if you said the words Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Right. Right. Yeah, it makes him like a street-tough gang leader with a Cockney accent. But the best part is when he gets Excalibur and he gets, like, the magic powers. The magic powers are to do what Sherlock Holmes does in the Sherlock Holmes movie. (laughs) That's so good! He, like, like, freezes time and can move real fast and, like, is super strong. So he's just, like, blasting dudes around with the sword. Yeah. Now it's already out in 1999, but it's very funny to me that it, to imagine Regina being really into You've Got Mail. God. See, I don't think so. Uh, though. But would it be? Uh, yeah, but it's funny. Ten things I hate about yeah. diaries. What Zoe? Ten things I hate about you. 
Yeah, it could just be that. Yeah. That's true. I think th- I think that's yeah. the correct answer. Actually, is that out yeah. already? Though it I have no be. idea when that movie is from. Yeah. It's, it's that movie it's, is yeah. ninety nine. So, so yeah. it's you know it's, it's ju- right there. It's yeah. just out. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new. Just you know out. Movie Jake would love. What's is, that? Two uh, thousands. Pitch Black. Oh boy, that oh, is so sure. true. The guy who busts out of prison, oh, he's yeah. got to wear his little goggles. Yeah. He's got his fucking goggles. Yeah, him. he's an asshole, and everyone hates him. Yep, yep. That it... was this on purpose? <laughs> no, but I did notice it later, and I was like, "Huh, I guess I was yeah. subtly influenced." Yeah, that is just kind of Jake. Okay, okay. <laughs> Chris, like, wow, I was spitting. Here's a thought: Who in the Mystery Solvers Club would like Homestuck the most? <sighs> My gut Casey. answer says Casey. Yeah, I was yeah, also going to say Casey. Yeah. Casey actually thinks like early Homestock was pretty good, but really yeah. the further it devolved, it uh, deviated from like the problem sleuth era. It really just kept going. Well, down. Like, Casey's a real problem sleuth. Yeah, head. no, Casey. Casey kind of <laughs> well, fell me. off when the Casey kind of fell off when the trolls were introduced. A woman right, after right, my own right. heart. Truly. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> I read all of Problem Sleuth, but did not get. Those, yeah, so. Problem Sleuth's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Problems is fun. Problems Loop doesn't get up its own fucking ass. I mean, now no, it's yeah, let's not say things we can't take back. It does not get up its own ass in the same way or to the same extent. Then sure. <laughs> it's like it's like oh, wouldn't it be funny if we put like way too many mechanics on this boss fight and not like now sit there and listen to me explain the cosmology of this universe for the fifth time. Uh-huh. It's um, uh, it's yeah. not not that. I get what yeah. you're saying, but it's not not that. Yeah, no, yeah, right. the, yeah. Um, I think I think the the thing I wish uh, Casey had in 1999 was Lady Gaga. Sure. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, moving on to another email. Oh, now we're into the Scott specific emails. Here we go. Uh, this one comes in from May Lover. For Maxi, what was the hardest song to write? Anything about the process you'd like to share? I think the second part we kind of covered already, but what was the hardest one to write? Man, I'm getting so many of these. Um, yeah. People like the music. Review. Yeah. Let me review the uh, Eidolon soundtrack for season three. I, said, I remember we were having a hard time dialing in just the theme songs at first because we were trying to figure out like the right way to make them sound disco-y and ska-y without just making you learn how to be a ska musician. Yeah, but I feel like once I had the general idea of it, it was pretty yeah. easy for me to figure out. Yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like uh, Charlie's may have been one of the hardest. Mm-hmm. I also had trouble with Bob's at first, because I really wanted to give it that that very chill, relaxed vibe, but I, I also needed to sound at least a little bit disco-y, but also The Hustle is a song with a very unique sort of being uh-huh there's not a lot of disco songs that have like a piccolo in there also right, I, right, feel like, right. experience. I feel like personally i would have a hard time homaging the hustle without just redoing making the, hustle. the hustle again yeah, yeah. The hustle, like... yeah. which I, I think you'd made the right call using more like the baseline from it because that's not the part of the hustle that like people hum when you're talking about the hustle you know yeah. but it's like identifiably part of it uh, so yeah, probably Bob's or um, or Charlie's theme then. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, I'll, I'll tell uh, you what. For... Naomi's theme, I remember being extremely easy to dial in. Um, yeah. Casey's theme, admittedly, a lot of that is more punk rock than disco as such. But also, right. you know, that's a space I'm used to working in. That was pretty yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes's theme, like, once I had the barest idea of what I was doing with the sample from Sunday Armchair Detective, I was like, oh, okay, I know exactly where this is going. Yeah, yeah. Um, for everyone, favorite thing to look back on in hindsight? What was what was your favorite part of the, of the season so far? The moment when um, Casey's sister tried to ask her about Eidolon stuff and Casey just assumed she oh. knew she was gay and Zoe was dying in the background <laughs> the entire time. Oh, it was so uh-huh. funny. It was so funny, dude. Um... I really liked Charlie and Regina's uh, pizza date. I thought that was. Really I was gonna cool. say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it was very cute, very fun. the The draws were like so bad, but like in a way that worked perfectly. Yeah, right. Luke creating whole cloth, a, a fucking guy to show up for the pizza itself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, fair, I had him like in the chamber waiting for y'all to go to pizza. Uh, I was really fond of the whole ghost town fight, but especially the bit where, like, we kind of understood how it worked, but we didn't actually have a plan for how to beat it. So I just came up right. and kept coming up with stupider fucking ghosts to, like, deal with right. the last ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A real, like, old woman who swallowed a fly logic. Yeah, very much so. I liked when Solo and Naomi had a dramatically appropriate conversation in the B-plot of Casey's Phantom Fight. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. good. Yeah, that was really good. Everything, the the entire Casey Phantom Fight episode, honestly, was great. Like, I I Mm. adore that episode. Yeah. Hey, it's been a good season. I like how things have gone. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, let's see. This next question comes in from Sarah Tigers. Hey, y'all, really love this season. Congrats on getting to the midpoint. Really excited for the interstitial arcs and for whatever awaits these poor kids in the new year. I wanted to ask, how much of a wall, if any, is there between the two campaigns? I know some of y'all listen to the other campaigns, and for those that don't, how aware of you of what's going on in Disco? (laughs) And for those that do, I'm curious about communication that happened before episodes come out. For example, what I'm asking after in Scott 24, Maxi slash Solo seem to be aware of something going on before the other players, uh, but I believe that would have been recorded before Disco 24 was released, so she couldn't have simply heard the Jordan twist from that episode by that point. I'm curious if that was a result of cross-campaign communication or just a moment of Maxi being particularly adroit. Thanks for putting this all together. I absolutely can't wait to hear what you folks get up to next. Um, so... The short version is I have separate... We've got, like, a Discord that we're all in, and I have locked uh, campaign chats for the two campaigns. And I mainly lock them so that I can just do an at here in them to alert all the players without bothering the other set. But, you know, also sometimes you do want to preserve spoilers between the two. Um, Lexi, I know, like, you made a point not to listen to Disco because you didn't want to know anything that Casey would know. Yeah, I've been very adamant about trying to limit the out of character player knowledge i have just because i think it's fun to be able to react in the moment legitimately to information as i learn it yeah yeah yeah. um and like i said i have told maxi something sometimes because it's like well 
you know, Scatharopolis would mean that, like, you do know more about the past than the other characters. Um, but generally, generally, it's just for you guys to figure out or not. Now and then, it's been like, there was a big plot reveal in Disco that you guys should probably be aware of. I think the big one of those was, um, once they figured out about, like, the, uh, the sword turning you into a god, I was like, yeah, that's, that's relevant enough information that, like, you should probably have that on in the back burner. But for the most part, I kind of leave it up to y'all to decide how much you want to know. Uh, I talk with Iris a lot about what's happening on the other campaign. I also listen to the other campaign because uh, it's a play test and I listen to it to see what is happening. Right. Um, so I know some stuff. Um, and also, like, when you're talking to somebody else who is in the other campaign, they're not always completely upfront about what they're doing. Uh, Iris will just send me stuff and be like, and I will be like, Iris, what the fuck does this mean? And she'll be like, you'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. Out of context information about what you've been up to and just let their imaginations run wild. Yes. I listen to Disco as soon as it comes out, but usually we'll record like Ska 20 on Saturday and then Disco 20 will come out that Monday. So it's, we're always a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly in the same boat there. Uh, I think I mentioned it already. Occasionally, I have a little bit of access to privileged information just because I got I got to make a character theme, and you know, right. Luke has to. You know, if Luke comes to me and uh, says, uh, "I need a character theme that incorporates um, dog eat dog, touch, and disco inferno," even if he didn't tell me any of the details. Uh, which would make right. my job harder, which I assume is why he, you know, generally tells me some of the details. I would, yeah. at the bare minimum, know. Okay, so we're working up to uh, a big thing with Disco Inferno and a big thing with uh, Doctor Phillips. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I think some of that is just some a little bit of that for me is privileged information, but mostly it's just you know I listen to Disco when it comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I I just I I don't listen to any any podcasts really. I just. I I the only time I listen to podcasts or music is when I'm driving. Um and right. I work from home now, so I do not drive that often. Um Right. No, I, I yeah. get it. You don't believe in the product. Oh, shut you know. the fuck up. Um But yeah, so honestly I get blindsided um uh, a few times like, you know, it, which in a way where it's like, oh yeah, of course I get blindsided. Like, you know, I'm not listening to disco. Right. Um by stuff like I I read the the AE Discord, you know, I I see what's shared in the main of our Discord. But yeah, there's some stuff like I knew Maurice made out with Natalie. Like I like you know stuff like that. Right. But there is occasionally like I did not know who Jordan was um in general, like not just in relation to Charlie. I was just like I he, he's right. like a friend of the gang, I guess, before like all the shit went down. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another email. This one comes from Derry or Dari. I'm very sorry. I don't know how to say your name. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. I'm Derry slash uh, S-City Dreamer, and I've been a fan of the show since the beginning. It and a bunch of other audio entropy shows have kept me company on lonely nights for years, and listening to trans people all the time has encouraged me to explore my own identity. Congratulations for reaching this point, and I wish for the best for all of you. Um... Did you all plan for the girls to form a thruple, or was this just something that came about naturally? <laughs> it's kind of both, honestly. We yeah, well, it was kind of both. Yeah, because we planned um we planned on Charlie Regina originally. 
was the yes. was the game plan. Um, and then so, we were just making those characters in DMs, and it's like, oh, they're gonna hate it. Like they're gonna end up liking each other. Yeah, it's gonna be very the, clear. Yeah, the right. rivals to like you know, oh yeah, they're gonna not like each other, and then like each other, and yeah, of course. And I um, and I pretty immediately realized, oh yeah, when they start getting along, Casey's gonna be kind of jealous of that because you know Regina's always been her best friend and. Has been kind of well, and also like from episode one, you can tell that Casey has crushes on both of them that she's not acknowledging. I honestly, yeah. I didn't intend it that way, but yes, and it comes across that oh, way yeah, regardless. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, like yeah. Uh, Regina's previous idol on his Tragic Kingdom to kind of play into that whole Casey Regina thing because that's a that's the No Doubt album. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah it, kind of Molly and I hadn't necessarily discussed it, but I kind of had the idea when we were talking about them being longtime friends of, you know, hey, maybe there's some feelings there that never got explored. Yeah. And then um, it was around, it was like stuff kept happening with Casey and Regina and then Casey and Charlie, like we're like, it was right. clear there was stuff there. So eventually like we just did a three-way DM of like, you know, hey, do we want to, are the vibes here? I feel like the vibes are here. I feel like we could do this. And Initially, we all agree that I think yeah. initially it um it started out as being a um case, maybe Casey also has thing has a thing for Charlie. Yeah. And then right. as yes. Casey, as I was playing into, you know, Casey being jealous of their relationship, it you know, it just kinda naturally started to lean into more of a well, maybe she's maybe she's jealous of Charlie and Yeah. Uh, right. It's like wait, which yeah. one is she jealous of again? Yeah, which one like, did, originally yeah. it was like Charlie at the center of the the fulcrum, and then it shifted to Regina kind of being in the center, and then, like, everything kind of shifting around that. Yeah, I I remember specifically it being, I think it was Zoe saying something like, you know, honestly, it's starting to feel more like Casey's into Regina, and then one of us, I don't remember which, was like, well, maybe maybe she's into both. Maybe we just want to go full with this. Yeah. And at some point, y'all messaged me like, hey, just so you know, we're planning to do, like, Regina, Charlie, uh, Casey. And I was like, yeah, I know. You don't have to tell me. It's obvious. Yeah, we, we, we let, we let <laughs> Luke. Just making sure. We let Luke know, feeling like, okay, we don't want to blindside him with this, like, weeks right. after we'd been talking about it. Yeah. Right. And weeks after, like, we'd recorded episodes where I'm like, yeah, no, I can tell. Yeah. And <laughs> see, Luke, we were very courteous and we said, hey, explicitly, here's what we're going to do. Not assumed uh-huh. you knew about it. I thought I. It's not that I assumed you knew, it's that I assumed. I thought you explained that to me. I did not. You didn't even a little bit. I'm just dumb. <laughs> You're not dumb. Be nice I to just, Luke. I can. I just have a weird fucking <laughs> habit of like, you you explain something to me about a character or a story, and I have like reflexively written fan fiction about it so fast that I don't even realize that's what I've done. It was so funny because I remember after recording the the like big Natalie, you were like, "Hey, are you okay? Like, is, is are we good? Like, do we do?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it." <laughs> Well, yeah, because then you were being like, right, yeah, no, just made me think of my own dead parents. I'm like, fuck, yeah, oh, yeah, shit, but, I didn't even think yeah, of that. I know, oh, no. I know, for real dead mom, and that that snuck up on me. Oh, yeah, not no, so fun, shit. is it, Luke? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we had that kind of like figured out around the time of like the homecoming episodes. Yeah, we yeah, were like locked that's, in, that's where it's going. Yeah, when the, when the Charlie Regina like homecoming date. Like I by then we had definitely decided, oh yeah, let's let's do the the full polycule. 
Like, when there's a point where I ask Regina, like, hey, which girl are you going to end up with? And I, I already knew the eventual answer was going to be both. Yeah, that was during uh, the time loop. Yeah. Yes, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> can Jake please give Fang better music taste? I, I think probably not. No, I don't think anyone can do that. <laughs> yeah, the problem, the problem is, like, even if Jake could influence Fang's music taste, I think it's maybe presumptuous to assume his is better. <laughs> Listen, here's the, here's the real problem with Fang, right? Yeah. If he were born, like, five or six years later, then he would be getting really into that, like, 2000s wave of alt-rock and, and like, pop right. punk and emo, and he would still yeah. have shitty music taste, but it would be a shitty in a way that I can relate to, so I wouldn't be able to judge him in the same way. Yeah. So the, the uh-huh, problem uh-huh. with Fang is... Uh, from that perspective is it's a very you have to walk a very careful uh temporal time rope there because there's a period of years where yeah he'd he'd slot into the type of embarrassing teen music interests that we can maybe find endearing but you go even just a little further and all of a sudden he's really into like jonathan colton oh yeah i mean Uh oh for sure I still think there's a couple pretty good Jonathan Colton songs. Maxie, probably. it's okay. I also think there's probably some good Jonathan. Uh, well, it's because there's a couple good Weezer songs too. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yes, that's true. I have yet uh, to hear one. I, I, okay. I don't yeah. the sun's understand how you get there. Like, I say Jonathan Colton cuttingly, but also like, I still fucking like that yeah, song at the listen. end of Portal. It's fine. Yeah, listen. I I was there for a thing a week. I was listening to Jonathan Colton every Monday. You listen. We have all got our share of sins. Thing is gonna go crazy when the killers happen. Oh, oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. MCR know. could fix Fang. MCR <laughs> 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 could fix Fang for sure. Holy shit, you're right. You know, I'm thinking about it, and I'm starting to wonder if Fang is just like, uh, I. What if What if Harvey went wrong in the test tube? You know. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm about. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! I spilled some Weezer in there. I. Oh, I'm about to say possibly the. the ugh, I hate that this. Uh, we do actually need to make 9/11 happen earlier in the Sky Universe. So I'm <laughs> sorry. Sooner. So I'm sorry. Happen sooner. <laughs> well, well, Charlie, I don't know about this, but if you insist. Well, I guess now we know the dramatic stakes for book two. <laughs> The fucking, it's just like we redo Pendulum again, but then that plane flies into the Twin Towers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. Uh, if your characters appeared in Pop Rock, what kind of a role do you think they'd play? I think Natalie would be a member of the Killers with Believe Me Natalie. I mean, yeah. You yeah. Know. And would basically have the same powers and have the same role as Mr. Brightside. Um, yeah, is there anywhere that you think any of you would slot in other than just as, you know, party members? Uh, I think Solo would have been a fun demon, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Could, uh, in that case, uh, his Eidolon would be closer. Oh, there you go. I think Jake would probably also be a demon. What kind of demon? I don't know, I just get like, I, I can see Jake hanging out with like Mephistopheles and Lucifer, you know? Yeah, he'd have fun with them. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Charlie would have been like a dirtbag in Vegas somewhere that that the gang right. would run into. Honestly, that makes sense. I feel like you could draw a pretty short line between uh, Casey and Killer's Jenny. 
Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, it's definitely similar characters. I, 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 I'm an idiot. I just said even, I, I even. Really I'm thinking even her her power though, where like she's got a double of herself that yeah. could be a right. pose as a dead body. You know. Oh wait, are you saying Killer's Jenny or Jawbreaker Jenny? I'm saying I'm saying Killer's Jenny. Okay. Okay. Um. I just said Charlie would be a dirtbag. Charlie would have been fucking Charlie from Poker Face, but instead of telling lies, she has her powers and run into the fucking right. idiots. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to see if there's a, like a straight-up killer song that works for Regina, because I could imagine that. There has to be. There must but, be, yeah. I mean, uh, Char- uh, Charlie's killer's song is Believe Me Natalie, right? Oh, it has to uh-huh. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked at killer songs and I do. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Casey absolutely has to be a killer because they have a song called "Just Another Girl." <laughs> wow. There we go. Oh, the killers have a new there single out. <sighs> what? The killers have a new single. Yeah, I like it. Oh damn! Yeah, they do have a new I, single. I like right. it. Molly doesn't. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do it. not care As for it. As is typically the the relationship between me, Molly, and the killers. Well, I well, yeah, I didn't yes. like pressure uh, pressure machine, so like oh, I'll have to pressure machine, so man, pressure machine's uh, good. It's good. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Regina could have like runaway horses and be a killer. Yeah, that works. God, Regina would be yeah. Regina would be a stone cold killer. Like yes. Right. Yeah, she's got problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right uh oh yeah and uh let's see yeah wishing you all on scon disco the best and you know solidarity with uh sag aftra p.s thank yep. you luke for letting me use bart light kill everyone on the podcast gets steam codes that they ask for it yes this is the person who's making oh, yeah. the fucking oh, shit. rpg they're including bartholomew light kill as like a secret boss oh, yes. yeah. God, that rules <laughs> that's so good i think that's the same person that wrote up like the fake game review Which of like so cool the- yeah, one of my favorite bits of, like, fan thing we've gotten. Yeah, I do still go back and look at that. It's so good. Uh, this one comes in from uh, Leo Mal. Eidolon's going rogue has always been part of the game with the fan fight mechanic, but this season took that to an extreme. Starting with Jake and then building with Natalie, just a girl and boss of me slash Balor. Eidolon's developing independent personalities or expressing separate aspects of the PC's personalities have been a huge part of Ska. What brought about that development? Was there something about this group or this story? Um, if you all have more to add to this, by all means, I feel like a lot of it is just that's what Crystal wanted to do, and it kind of just became contagious. Yeah, well, that's definitely how it happened yeah. for me. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. kind of already said it. I think the existence of Jake and the the way he interacts with people and the thoughts he has about Eidolons kind of kind of pushes the the story into those directions in a way that I think is really cool. Um, I also just yeah. think. Yeah. We all kind of went into this wanting to explore different spaces of, like, Eidolon as a concept than we did in Pop and Rock. And I think a logical space that was left mostly unexplored in the first uh, two seasons was the nature of how much is the Eidolon representative of the self versus its own thing. Right, right. Yeah, I I remember early on in pop there was like there were a few moments where i tried to have sloan like interact with starter riot and yeah outside of like the phantom fight and i think you were like no it, it's it's like part of you it's not like its own person and that right. that colored my perception of like idolons forever until ska 
where I, you know, had Charlie kind of view them that way, and it kept butting heads with Jake and Naomi. And that's why I was like, right. oh, the the Natalie shit will be super interesting having that, like, wrestle with Charlie's, like, view of Eidolons. Yeah. yeah the reason I, I went you, in yeah. that direction is because, Luke, you said you wanted this to be, like, kind of the opposite of Pop Rock. Much smaller, much more character-focused. Yeah. And Pop Rock being, you know, like, an action-adventure fantasy story, it makes sense for Eidolons to mostly be, like, a power that you use. But right. for a character-focused story, I think it makes sense for them to be, like, psychological reflections. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely, you know, in my mind, I still think of it like, Jake and Naomi are the same person, but they're different sides of the same person, and the fact that they are so insistent that they're separate people is, like, says more about each of them than maybe they realize? I don't know if that fits how you're thinking about it, Crystal. Yeah, I would say, like, I, I think of them as being... What would you call it when uh, a dyad, I guess? Mm -hmm. Like they are, they are intrinsically linked together. They're not, they're not separate, but they're also not the Great. same. Great. So now, now we know yeah. Emperor like, Palpatine is going to be the villain of season two. <laughs> yeah. Like Jake hasn't been in the show for a little while at this point, And I have pointedly continued to credit you as both Naomi and Jake. Cause like, yes, he has, because he's right there. I'm uh, pointing at Naomi. He's what people would call on Tumblr haunting the narrative. Well, right, I would uh -huh. say I would say very specifically <laughs> in the last several episodes, he has been very much felt in the episode as a lack. Like the the spacer right. he would be is very apparent in Naomi. Yeah, I agree totally. Uh, let's see. This one comes in from Abby. Uh, Radical and super normal New Year to the MSC. My questions are for everyone. Uh, were there any directions you originally wanted to go with the character, but changed as you played? We might have mostly covered this, but if anyone has any additional thoughts. Sir, could you repeat that? Uh, were there any directions you originally wanted to go with your character that changed as we went along? I don't think I had any, like, overt direction changes, but I didn't necessarily go into this intending Casey to be as quietly weird as she is. Yeah. I think my original uh, conceptualization of Solo was as somebody who's maybe a bit more manipulative than mm -hmm. she is. And as it stands, I think she's very afraid of manipulating people, but also a lot more bloodthirsty than I had originally intended. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, the homecoming dance when, when she was just like, oh, I think I kind of liked blowing her hand up a little bit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i really like aspects like that coming out in beast characters of the okay yeah no they're they're you know more of a person than animals typically are but they've still got those animal juices flowing in them and mm -hmm. um, right right you know sometimes those instincts maybe push you in ways that most humans have kind of uh moved past yeah yeah man solo would fuck up another beetle in like a beetle fight oh absolutely that, that oh, yeah. yeah, wouldn't fucking know what hit it. Maxie, have you read the part of uh, JoJo's where they do a beetle fight? That's part eight, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I've only uh, I've only really actually uh, watched parts four and five and read part one. Gotcha. Okay. I, well, I really do yeah, need that... to either read or watch Stone Ocean at some point. You should. It's good. <laughs> um, and hey, I know a great companion podcast. You can. <laughs> listen along with yeah hey this it uh, sounds like the strike is coming to an end uh god will yeah so 
Yeah, we're going to be getting back to it sometime and, and, soon. And, hey, apparently uh, the union got a pretty good deal, so... Well, that was WGA. Yeah. We're still oh, waiting, on the we're waiting for the SAG right. deal. Yeah, right. it, it is not over yet. Um, yeah. The fucking, what was, although apparently we may not want to do uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Uh, some shit. No, the whole situation sounds bad. Yeah, yeah you've been talking about uh, JJK spoilers. And well, it, just, they, it sounds like they really ruined well, everything you like yeah, about well, it. Yeah, well, not just that, but apparently the animation studio for Season 2 uh, made everyone who worked on it sign NDAs so they wouldn't talk about how terrible the working conditions were. Oh, fun! That's yeah, cool. Of course. <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah, cool, cool. NDA should yeah. be fucking. But yeah. Illegal. Also, um, yeah. Also, I every spoiler I've heard about Jujutsu Kaisen has made me go. Mm, actually, maybe I don't need to consume the rest of this. Right. Right. Uh, what was the most fun episode to edit? We talked about this on Disco that generally editing is not fun. So, Molly, I'm curious if you have any that you enjoyed doing. Oh man. Um. I'm trying to think if there was any in particular. We had some we had some rough ones this season. I will not lie to you, gang. Yeah. Uh there were some rough edits in there. Uh let me look at my ska backlog. I don't know why that I thought this would help me. It's all just numbers. Um Nothing in particular. In general, I do actually like editing a lot of the time. It's a lot of work and I whine about it, but I do enjoy yeah. doing the work and making it sound good. That makes um, one of us. <laughs> I think I think I do a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, so, you do. So, um, the the pe- the stuff people like th- that think is fun is like adding the music and stuff, and I can't stand that shit. So, <laughs> right. I have a backwards brain where I really like lining up sentences and finding the timing between two people talking. Right. Um, and I do not have like. The AMV brain where like, oh, you know what song would be really good here is this. It just, that's, it yeah. just, even when I was doing Homestuck, I that's, hated that's it. That's not a backwards yep. brain. That's just kind of the divide between the math-oriented brain and the art-oriented brain, which also isn't really yeah. an accurate. It's it's reductive right. Uh, right. overview of how brains work, but like there definitely is a correlation, I think, between having an affinity for like math and the more technical side of editing. I did also hate doing it back on that Homestuck show, and I was like, this is too much fucking work, we're never doing anything like this again, and then it came time to do this, I'm like, there should be music, Yeah, though. and then you took it you took it upon yourself to add music, uh, and right. sound effects and stuff, and like, yeah. when I started editing that, I'm like, dude, this sucks, like, I, yeah. we can do music, but sound effects is a lot. Well, also, yeah, I've moved almost completely away from sound effects, they're a pain in the ass to collect. Yes, that's, that was the real problem. Be, it, it it's iffy. Like, wait, is this source actually royalty free? Or right. eh, I don't know. And that like we're small enough that, that probably doesn't matter. But like, it's a matter of principle. And also, hey, you never know who's gonna come around. Like, you know, wanting to like get mad about it. And also, no one likes it that yeah, much. I feel- <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that big a difference. Personally, for me, I feel like sound effects feel out of place in an actual play podcast unless you're going full radio play with a presentation. And we aren't totally. And yeah. I would. L- I, I would honestly love it if we could, but that is far too labor intensive for what we do. It as an actual play, I think we'd have to have it script at that point. I've heard like Root Tales of Magic does that, and they do yeah, it pretty well. Yeah, but they well. also have a professional editor whose job it is to. That's what I'm saying. That. It's yeah. I'm just saying it can be done, just not on our time or money budgets. Yeah. 
Um, I d- but yeah, like I said, I do enjoy editing the show. Generally speaking, it's just time yeah. consuming and like usually eats up one of my weekend days. Totally. Uh, what is every character's favorite Pokemon? Heracross. Doctor Phillips likes Hypno. Shut up! Oh, he's shit. a fucking weirdo. Yeah, are we going? Are we going? So original 150 because those are the ones. Yeah, that do we have to stick to 150 here? Or are we? I'll say answer, interpret the question okay. as you will. I don't care. Yeah, with yeah we'll do the whole the whole gamut. Like, anyway, yeah. I hate Hypno's gross ass human nose. Yeah. yeah, why does he have uh-huh. that? He should have like a so he can sniff real good. Yeah, it's like drowsy. It's it's yeah. so fucked up. Yeah, it's so fucked up because drowsy yeah. is based on a fucking um, based on the Baku. Baku, right? there's the word. Yep. And then Hypno becomes yep. kind literal. I mean, it's literally called a human shaped type Pokemon. Like, ugh. Yeah. It's gross. Um, Even though it is a dung beetle Pokemon, I feel like uh, Solo must not like Relor, no, right? If Solo saw Relor, he'd be like. Well, that that thing looks gross and kind of insulting, honestly. Making a yeah, mockery kind of, a of my people. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pinsir and Heracross feel... are both cool beetles in a way I think Solo would enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Charlie would truly and deeply vibe with Tinkaton. Yes. Oh, oh that's, sure. so, that's true. so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Regina is a Sarina type of girl, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes yes. a lot of sense. 100% yep. yes. Serena, or I'm trying to remember what that one, like, fancy bug ultra beast is. Uh, Feromosa. Feromosa? Yeah, Feromosa. <laughs> I forgot that his name was oh, Feromosa. This, oh, God, look at this. Yeah, right? The yeah, fuck? no, they fucking went for some shit with the ultra beast stuff. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. Um, Casey's uh, favorite Pokemon is Eevee, because it's got a lot of potential. Like, sure. yeah. a lot of different ways it can grow. This is, that is... Yeah, that's that's Casey right there. Yeah. Naomi's favorite Pokemon is Squirtle, but the Pokemon they are is Shedinja. And Jake's favorite sure. is Sneasel. Yeah, Jake's Shep- Sneasel. Sneasel, yeah. yeah. So Make, making, guy for sure. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Making yeah. Naomi Wait. the Shedinja is fucking bleak. It, yeah. I, I was going to say, if Naomi's the Shedinja, is Jake a Ninjask? I guess yeah. Jake would be the Ninjask. Yeah. 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 Naomi's the, the hollow shell. Jesus. Damn. <laughs> Everyone learning this horrifying lore before we go now, on to the second part of this book. To be fair, that is very much in keeping with the way Crystal's been playing Naomi when Jake is locked up. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's fair. I, listen, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think about Pokemon that much. Ah, uh, couldn't be me. <laughs> no, I, I listen, think about I know. Pokemon frequently. Uh, Alright, let's see. Moving on. Uh, what's that? Yeah, that was this one, so... This one comes in from uh, Madeline. Hi, Scott Gang. Were you sure this was cool? Regards, propagable. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, cool fucking season. And and yeah. if you mean, uh, if you PS... mean uh, Fang's Eidolon, objectively, yes. That is his whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, P.S. Thanks for the great work. I especially appreciate Crystal's work with Jake to confront characters and maybe some of the listeners' conception of what makes a person early on in the episodes... Actual question. Uh, Zoe and Lexi, both of you also had Eidolons that developed some conception of sense of self over the course of their Phantom fights. To what extent was this building on Jake versus something you would have done regardless? If unintentional, how do you feel about this becoming an emerging theme of Ska? I think we pretty yeah, much covered we, we that one. Yeah, we kind of covered yeah, the territory, I think. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered that. Yep. Unless, Lexi, do you have anything to add? Uh, not really, other than I think if Jake, even if, like, 
Jake's presence in the story and the stuff Chris stuff Crystal's been exploring in the season definitely influenced how I played it, but I think the bones of this fight would have been the same regardless. Because it Yeah. On a very on paper, like on the very broad overview level, it's not that different from Chili's Phantom Fight. Obviously it played out completely different, but sure. the idea of the Eidolon no, yeah, yeah. sort of becoming independent to challenge the character's sense of self concept is very similar right right yeah i i'm so happy that that phantom fight triggered because you drew your dissonant trying to dredge the undertow to figure out if you're gay no that was that was one of the (laughs) pretty much as good as it gets uh things that makes this like if you want to talk about whether we prefer season one or or version one or version two that right there is a thing that can only happen with version two (laughs) so fucking funny uh, uh, this one comes in from Veronica Catnip Charlotte Misery Suites parentheses you can take your pick which one to call me uh, and I have a couple of questions about the relationship between Casey, Regina, and Charlie skimming these I think we've covered them but I'll, I'll read them out just for the heck of it uh, did Lexi always plan for Casey to be holding repressed feelings for the other two how long were the players considering a poly relationship between the characters does Zoe just really love playing hopeless messy gals have a good day Look. Yeah. They say write what you know. Look. It, it's, like, it's like how every character I play has deep, barely repressed wells of anger. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I am a simple woman, and I have no defense. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think we touched on stuff about y'all being Polly. I don't know if we have anything else to add to it. I just, I no, nothing really. Yeah, I will say, I I was concerned at the start of Charlie and Sloan being a little too similar. Um, yeah, they're not not yeah. There similar, is there is know? some overlap there, um, but I I feel like she's developed it, especially she took a weirdly like like a comedic turn in the like back quarter of the season where like and not sure. even necessarily by choice yeah no it's just, <laughs> it's just how it kept playing out and i actually kind of love yeah. it that she just keeps taking l's in the funniest way possible i feel like charlie is generally less angry than sloan even when she was under the effect of an anger monster yeah, but it, you know I, that's a very it's not the yeah, same I'm very intentionally because like sloan was anger incarnate for a long time so yeah yeah. Sloan was a a furnace that was constantly burning too hot whereas uh, Charlie is a furnace that is smoldering she's she's got a well of emotion in her but she has been (laughs) keeping it tamped down yeah yeah Uh, this one comes in from the Knights of Rosemary Hello, Eidolon is one of our favorite podcasts and honestly one of our favorite show, uh, stories, hands down. I find it hard to come up with a working sentence for this question, so I will leave it at the following. Plural? In all seriousness, though, as someone with multiple personalities, I have been getting the sense more and more that I am seeing plural rep in Ska. I'm sorry that I couldn't put it in the form of a question, but I suppose if anything, this is me asking y'all to discuss the topic. And to both casts, you all have beautiful minds. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, we've... Touched on this. I don't know if, Crystal, you have more to add or anybody, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad that people are, you know, find relatable things in what is happening mm. in Ska. I, I feel like I don't know what to say because I'm not, like, going for anything specific with the plurality theming. I'm just kind of right. doing what I'm doing. So right, I, I, right. I kind of don't know what to say about it. I, I'm, yeah, no, I'm that, that's similar fair. very much, like, the way I approach media is I never really think about doing stuff to provide rap. More as trying to put, sure. trying to express emotions and situations and ideas in a way that people will be able to find familiarity with, and if if that's something that you know you look at and you can say, hey, for my specific circumstances, I can relate to this in this way. Um, that's kind of all I'm going for. So, like, I like to think of rep as more of an emergent thing than something that you're actively putting in there. Like, you can actively put it in there, and there are times where it's absolutely. Right great to intentionally seek out certain types of stor stories or seek out putting in certain types of things that you know might represent ideas that aren't explored very much in media but at the end of the day mm -hmm. i'm less less interested in seeking out a specific kind of rep and more interested in trying to express parts of myself in ways that maybe other people who may or may not be like me can say hey yeah i can see myself in this All right, uh, moving on to, uh, this is our last email. Oh, shit, we did it. Uh, this one comes in from Cassidy. Hey, guys, massive fan of the podcast here since I finally listened to it a few months ago and started screaming about it to everyone who would listen, including most of you, when I made a massive Twitter thread gushing about shit when I finished Pop Rock Season 2. Here's some mid-season questions for the players of Ska. For all the players, including Luke, your entire campaign was thematically built around discovering what happened to the characters from the other campaign, how difficult did you find it trying to build a campaign off of researching and reacting to the fallout of past events that hadn't actually happened yet? Um, not that hard because I simply threw in other things happening in the present to distract from that question while I waited for Disco to give me things to give them. You know, it, I, ostensibly that's what Ska's about, but like also Ska's a lot about, you know, fighting Christina and um, I'm blanking Nate. on his name, the pendulum guy. Nate. Nate and, you know, Dr. Phillips, so, like, didn't have to worry too much about it in the, you know, final analysis. I, I, I think you've mentioned that this uh, season draws a lot of inspiration from JoJo's Part 4 in particular. Yeah. And I think that's an illustrative comparison because, theoretically speaking, Part 4 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is about a serial killer and how the protagonists have to, like, find him and defeat him. But also, right. a lot of season four is some fucking guy has powers now, and he's being a dick, and we gotta deal with that. 100%. Yes. Yeah. I'd say as a player, I always kind of wanted to have actually solving mysteries be more of a, a, a core thing, but I also didn't entirely know how to do that, especially not in a way that was going to make for good audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also, on my end, trying to, you know, shift into more of a mystery vibe is a, you know, it's it's a different thing to GM, and it's a lot easier to say, here's an asshole with a superpower than here's, like... Part of the problem is that, like, in some ways, a mystery is a puzzle, and sometimes puzzles uh, can go weird in tabletop games, because 
you built it assuming certain premises that aren't as universal as maybe you thought they were or whatever, yeah, or you know? Just, or it's or like, even ah. just assuming that, because, like, at the end of the day, you're just putting the pieces out there and letting the players decide what to do with them. And what you think right. is the logical thing to do with these pieces you put out there might not be the approach anyone takes. Sometimes you, yeah. uh, you have a very simple um, puzzle of a doorman with a response that you uh, that you think the player <laughs> can easily understand, and instead it drives the player fucking insane for 45 minutes. Obviously, everybody knows the lyrics to Call Me Al off I've the top never, of their head, I, and they'll be able to get I the reference. I still haven't heard that fucking song. I don't you know how that's possible. <laughs> I've, I have also never heard this song. I, well, I'll, okay. I'll admit I probably have heard it, but I wouldn't be able to tell you it. Yeah, well, shows what I know. <laughs> My experience um, aren't universal? Yeah, what? <laughs> like, I I can't think of any specifics, but there were definitely times in both campaigns, I think maybe more in Disco, where, like, I've given a clue, uh, you know, that'll lead them this way. Oh, they interpreted that clue 180 degrees from how I meant them to, and now they're on just a wild goose chase, and I need to either, like, nudge them in the right direction, or, like rewrite what's going on on the fly so that they've correctly interpreted the events. I guess I gotta come up with the, the reason events. a goose is relevant now. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, how into actual ska music were each of you before the campaign, and how did you decide to write along names Do you find yourself listening to more ska since the campaign? I like ska. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I listened to the same amount of ska that I did before the campaign because I like ska. Yeah. I... I guess I listen to technically more now because I was listening to Zero basically before, right. and now I have a few of the songs from our pl- from the season on my playlist. I mean, yeah, like I, I occasionally listen. Oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say I occasionally listen to Scott, not too often. Maybe a little more now, but it's not like usually in my uh, in my circulation, my rotation. Yeah, I mean, I as somebody who grew up in the '90s and early aughts, I've you know, heard my share of ska just because it was around. Um, never really been a genre I've spent much time exploring, and that really hasn't changed. We are the union is pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of commercialized ska punk and enjoyed it, but I haven't really explored the broader ska genre. Right. I have been meaning to um. kind of like use this as an excuse to dig into like historical ska, like the you know the early evolutions of it yeah because like i do care a lot about like musical roots right um i did only come up with regina's eidolon because after we decided i was going to be on sky messaged a friend of the show jackson and was like jackson i need to know about ska music i don't know anything about ska music (laughs) and then they sent me a number of things one of them being like pride of lions just just as like a a single song rather than like an album to listen to and i was like well this is so good that i have to use it now right right uh let's see here uh, what's it been like transitioning from playing nominal adults who move between spaces freely and regularly and rock and pop and the interludes to playing teenagers in a small town who have school and parents to contend with? Here's the thing. School doesn't come up all that much. Not really. No. Here's the thing. Um, I went from playing an animal who gained human-level intelligence to playing a teenager, and <laughs> I spent a lot more time right. myself being one of those things than the other, so... Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there so was what's definitely it like, like a teenager. Ah, uh, you know, it's a bit of an adjustment. 
Sure. Um, there was definitely a point when I was planning this out where I, like, the idea was I was going to be very specific in details and timing. There was going to be a lot of specifics about, like, schedule stuff. Of, like, hey, if you guys don't finish this by this date, well, things will happen without you, whatever. And that is just not tenable to keep up with one thing yeah doing and that planning in a persona game where the entire thing is planned out ahead of time right right the reason because i knew you were planning to do that kind of thing that's where i came up with the state of florida because if i knew that you were going to be you know going with like you were you had plans for specific dates for things to happen yeah uh i was gonna work with that I, but obviously i know the context of what you've said because we've been doing this episode but the sentence um I knew you were going to do that. That's why I came up with the state of Florida. Um, is yeah, I am. <laughs> Molly's fault. Florida is Molly's fault. It's all Molly's fault. Yeah, <sighs> that's my bad. Um, it yeah. kind of got out of hand. My uh, the the big difference for me, um, and it's I think it's mostly just the type of character I played with Sloane, um, is there's there's like you know comedy beats, but also like you know like sexual tension shit that you can do with like an adult character that's you hey you shouldn't probably do that with a teenager um right but i have to keep like wait no hold on shouldn't do that yeah yeah we want to we want to very intentionally keep this kind of at a pg-13 level yeah in a way that you know. right well violence and shit is okay it's it's more the other like yeah, yeah. but Zoe, the, the ESRB ratings were made by America, so violence is always That's okay. fair, you're right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we definitely have had conversations about, like, you know, it's not that you can't tell stories about teenagers having sex, because, hey, that's yeah, a thing teenagers that's do. That's the things teenagers do constantly. Do. But probably not a good place to go in, like, an improv setting, where you're yeah. not, like, writing it and out we're, and, we're like, revising it and the having... So the line between the player and the yeah. character yeah. they're playing is a little blurrier. Yeah. It's like, it's like a messy totally. situation that's just better to, I think, kind of sidestep entirely. Yep. Yep. That was the whole original reason that uh, Idol on Pop was about college kids and not high yeah, school I, kids like Persona I, Gamer. Also, I am very... If, if I was in my early 20s, I'd probably be a little more comfortable delving into that because it's pretty close right. to being of the yeah. age where you were dealing with that stuff. But I'm 35 right. years old. I cannot be talking about that sure. shit now. Right. Yeah, right, I, right. I, am, I am fairly firm that a lot, like a, a good majority of like stories that are like, Hornies, high schoolers, fucking, and, like, you know, get, like, just make them college kids. It's fine. You can do it. It's, sure. There's still a school yeah. environment. I would say, in fact, that's, right. I mean, like, speaking about Persona, that's my chief complaint, honestly, about Your chief Persona. Beef. Yeah, about Persona 5, which is the only one I have experience with, is the amount of adult situations your main character gets put into while it also being very clear at all times that he is a high school student and it just was really uncomfortable for me in a way where if he'd been like a 19 year old in college would not have been an issue. Yeah. Sure. For me, the transition from pop to ska is pretty smooth because like a college sophomore and a high school senior are not that are, different. No. That's also yeah. true. Yes. Uh, but I guess the weird part is that even though Naomi's a little bit younger than Alexis, in some ways he's like more of an adult. Right. He doesn't really act like a teenager. He kind of thinks of himself as an adult. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about that division is the the main difference between like a 19-year-old in college and a 17-year-old in uh, high school is the level of independence you have. Um, 
at least for you know kids who aren't th- living think, at home when they're I in think school. life experience the- is also a factor like that's not to say there's that vast a gulf but I think there is a significant well yeah so uh, so what I was what I was going for with that was you know typically like if you are like a lot of our characters are uh, a teenager with a fairly standard home life where you've got your parents around and you've got you know some degree of um you know, a set routine to your life. Whereas, you know, a, a sophomore in college might blow off classes a lot. They can kind of go and do stuff kind of on a whim because they aren't necessarily beholden to very many authority figures. But mm-hmm. the comparison to Naomi and Alexis in particular is interesting because Naomi really isn't an ordinary high school student, even when they're, you know, right. trying to be one for cover or, you know, for the case or whatever. Um and I feel like the bounds and expectations on Naomi are in some ways more of what you'd expect for an adult than the ones on Alexis. Mm-hmm. I will say yeah. for me personally, uh, it's it's similar to the thing with uh, Naomi where even if we're ignoring the fact that they are a bug uh, and you know just objectively younger than the others, even if we're ignoring that, I've genuinely, I've generally been thinking of Solo as uh, the young one of the group, but also sure. trying very hard to slot into this uh, mature leadership guide role. Um, and I do think that's kind of a fun inversion of Harvey, who, for a large part of season one, Harvey's kind of a man-child. And he's, you know, sure. a big part of that was, uh, you know, maybe learning to take uh his relationships a bit more seriously yeah um so it's kind of, it's kind of fun coming at that from the ang- other angle where uh i'm playing somebody who very much wants to be uh you know taking on adult responsibilities and getting the the respect that they think will come with that uh and also they're mm. completely unprepared for it yeah uh, let's see. Where was that one? So, if your character had been the protagonist of Disco, what Disco songs would they be named after? I think we yep, covered we that. that one. Uh, for Maxi, what made you want to play a Scarab Beetle of all possible beasts? I love Solo to the Moon and Back, but you have to admit it's an odd choice. I think we kind of touched on yeah, this, but you know, did anything small, else? Pushing a ball yeah. around. I think bugs are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Luke, if the players hadn't adopted Fang as their resident hapless NPC companion, who do you think would have been the best and or funniest NPC to serve that role? Um, let me think. I mean, like I said, Fishbone was definitely who was supposed to fill that role. I don't know how you expected uh, us to, like, want to stick around with that dude. <laughs> He's friendly and nice! I will we have say, useless, yeah, but also he, he... We didn't want to take him off the wall! We, it was no, a whole no, thing! No, no, we tried to take him off the wall. We couldn't. Yeah, he would not come off the wall. And part number two, going back to the burned-out building that we got arrested in is maybe not a good idea. I mean, it did not stop us from doing it multiple times. Yeah, you right, did it but we didn't times do it anyway. If it was our hangout spot, that's much different from what we did, which is well, go back two or three times. That was the benefit of having Main Street around to put you in a little pocket dimension where the cops can't hassle you. I don't well, think it didn't any... really seem like that was going to happen. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think any of us put that together as an option. I think maybe this is another one of Luke's logic leaps that I would not have come to <laughs> on my own unless somebody I'm had not... mentioned. Mark Luke's logic leaps immediately. <laughs> 
Triple L. I'm not like upset that it didn't go that way. I'm just saying that was what I, I was initially trying to I set do, up. I had no idea. I do also like I uh, Fishbone has a very funny voice. I do not like. I think Luke, you would regret having to do a like hammy Elvis impression for the entire season for regular. Season oh no, I don't think that's true at all. No, no. I no, think he, no. you know, he he's got a lower key he can go into sometimes. It's Honestly, fine. it's uh, yeah. I think Luke would love I that. voice with a little vibrato. Yeah, that's really all it is. Fang does not put <laughs> that much inflection on anything. No, but you know he's still down in that yeah, in that yeah. range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Was that it? That is it. I believe we that answered was it. all the yep. emails. I'll say okay. I don't know what I did with it. I'm hoping I didn't just trash it on accident. I remember seeing an email that I cannot find now. That was about, um, someone had asked some questions about, like, uh, what kind of, like, safety mechanisms I had in place for the Jordan reveal. Because, like, now there's actively, like, a bad faith GM, like, that is, like, an intermediary character between me and the game. And, like, that's a weird thing to do. And what am I doing to make sure that, like, stuff doesn't go bad? Nothing. I'm doing a terrible job. Uh, I think somebody asked that in the Discord. I don't know if it made it to the emails from what I'm seeing. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe that's where I'm getting confused. But, um, yeah, like, everything about the Jordan twist I would describe as a bad idea to do in a game. (laughs) Uh, but... (laughs) Yeah, go on. I'm confident that I can simply handle it and that, like, I trust all of y'all enough and I trust that you trust me enough that we can, you know, make it happen. Yeah, I think kind of the core of what will make this work, if it does work, we, I guess, still have just yet to see, um, is the fact that we are... flawlessly. At at its core, we are all friends who've been doing this together for quite a while, and there's a a fair amount of... Trust both in the understanding one another and in the being comfortable uh, coming to one another if, say, something isn't working in a way that needs to be addressed. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, we were we were friends before we did this. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we get to take timeouts to say, Jesus Christ, this episode's beating my ass, yep. dude. Yeah, that's the thing. This is edited. <laughs> right, if something yeah. does really disastrously not work, you're never going to know because we just aren't going to air that stuff. And, like, yes. right, while right. it's very fun to, like, make fun of Luke for making, like, you know, rash decisions, um, Luke, it does do a very good job of checking in. Like, back in the, the yeah. Rock Pop finale, when I went through a breakup, I was in a bad place. He was like, hey, do you want to, like, are you good? Like, we can, and I said, no, fucking punch me in the face as hard as you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean. We've been playing, I've been playing games with Luke since, geez, how long has it been? Like, 10 years now? Probably? Or uh, close to? I mean, Pizza Party was 2017. Is that it? Yeah. That's still, yeah, that's still a good chunk of time. That's a good chunk Did of time, know, yeah. Uh, Mr. Brightside turned 20 years old this month? I did mm. see that, yeah. Yeah, Good for him. A retro song. You can't hurt me with that. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't. That was, yeah, no, was, I can't. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking. I was. I wasn't trying to hurt you, Molly. I promise. No, that's just <laughs> the context of the tweet I saw that earlier. Uh, it's like, yeah, no, those yeah. always kill me because it's like, yeah, I know. I, I was around twenty years ago. I've got a. Yeah. I've got a fairly, fairly accurate, conscious, understanding of time passing and what happened when like right yeah it feels like something that happened in 2003 you know 
Yeah. I work up, I work with like 21 year old medical assistants. Like I, I am well aware of like the age difference between me and them at this point. I've said it before, but uh, I stand by it. If you tell me that 2003 was 20 years ago, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. If you tell me that 2013 was 10 years ago, I'm like, shut yeah, up. It's no, the, it wasn't. It's the yeah. last decade that has like had the weird time dilation effect on it. I mean, that's because I yeah. think we were all in our 20s in the last decade. Well, well our 20s, there's, COVID yeah, happened. There's also a lot of you world know. events that fucked up people's sense of time. Yeah. So it's a lot of factors all contributing. Uh, but yeah, that is it for questions. So we are, we're, we're closing the book on book one of uh, Disco Ska. Um, we are uh, go, doing some miniseries for the rest of the queen, year. Queen. And then, uh, what's that? Chanting Queen. Oh, Queen, Queen, Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen, yeah. Queen, Queen. Um, and then in January, we will be back with more of these dumb teenagers causing more problems for themselves. I can't now, wait to go to back. To be fair, we're yeah. going back to a dumb teenager causing problems for a bunch of other dumb teenagers. Yeah, that's that's so true. <laughs> I don't know. Regina kind of caused a few of her own problems there at the end. Mm-hmm. She has created new problems for herself. Or has Jordan created new I problems can't wait to for fl- her through her? No, she right. did. I'll remain uh, adamant about this one. She didn't need a narrator to murder that guy. Right, right. But, you know, Jordan. Jordan's going to take credit for that regardless. Yeah, he can try. <laughs> that was basically the point Casey was trying to make to him at the end of at the end of that episode was, right. I mean, yeah, you can try to take credit for these decisions, but I don't, I think you're kind of just, things are playing out and you're stepping in to say, yeah, I did that. Right, which, like, is literally what I'm doing, so I can't yep. argue that strongly yep. against it. Yep. <laughs> But, you know, Jordan's argument would be, you're telling me that because I'm writing you telling me that because I think that's a fun conflict to write. Yeah, and I don't think (laughs) you fully believe him when he says that. Right, because he doesn't want you to. That's why he's writing you that way. Right, of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) You can just do it forever. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. Um, Thanks for continuing to listen to this show. If you like it, Consider going to patreon.com slash on playtest, kicking us a couple dollars. Why don't you? Yeah, you get more podcasts. If you if you want more of us, boy, there's more of us oh, on there. There's so many podcasts. <laughs> no such thing. Um, and, uh, right. you know, if you, if you don't want to give us money, that's fine, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't know what else you could be spending it on. That's better. But, you know, you do you, I guess. Uh, but you can also tell your friends about us. Spread the word of the show, help us grow by word of mouth, or uh, hop on Apple Podcasts or wherever else lets you rate and review stuff, and rate and review us. Yeah. I'm going to give the range touch hard pitch. Go on Apple Podcasts right now and give us five stars. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. It'll take two seconds. Yeah, only only rate and review us if you're going to give us a good review. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, that goes Uh, on. I think we've got McElroy's strategy. Well... Sure. I mean, yeah, give us that five stars. Uh, I think right now we have almost all five stars and a single one star. You know what? I think I, I think I respect that as an overall aggregate more than if it was all five stars, because uh-huh. that way you know they're not That's all true. bought and paid for. That's true. That's true. Um, I do, I I do it, like yeah. knowing that I've pissed someone off yeah. somewhere. Sure. Yeah. yeah honestly, yeah. honestly um, and- we would not be being true to ourselves if there weren't some potential audience out there that we made bad. There right, are people yeah. who I want and you know, to, while you're at to it, this and be mad at us, you know? 
Right. While you're at it, write a review. That also doesn't take very long. You can just write good and, you know, submit, and that helps. Yeah, and then I get dopamine. Yeah. Um, But with all that said, I think let's get out of here. I'll see you all in several months. Well, I'll see you in, like, three or four weeks to do Oyster. Well, okay. I mean, you know, sure. I'll see you next week to talk about Wave Kings. Honestly, I'll see you later today on Twitter, probably. I mean, that's so also... True. All right. Okay. I'm trying to... All right. I know, but, you know, we've been placed in a position where we have a hostile GM, and we must fight you. <laughs> I'm not even being that guy right now. I know, but it's To fun. be fair, we okay, can't... Well. We didn't know you were being that guy for most of the season. We can't trust that you're not being that guy right now. That's true. You know what? I've been Jordan this I whole knew time. It. Ah, Wait, fuck. Yeah, we knew that. I, I we did. should pull back the curtain on the, the end of the finale recording where you stopped the recording and we weren't sure if you were still in character. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you were all like, wait, no, we're ending it here? No, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um... We'll see y'all for Right Along Queen next week. Yep. Right. It's fun. We we already did the first episode. It's fun. Yeah. 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 So look forward to that. And um, I still don't have a sign off. So bye. 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 I'm hitting stop now. Bye-bye.